With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. Lapsed Fan Wrestling Podcast. Patreon Listener Request Series 2017, as we embark on August 2017, and thus it's mm-hmm. SummerSlam, the That's 2003 right. edition from Phoenix, Arizona, boss. Oh, yes. Here we go. From the, um, from the, the, <laughs> the America West Arena, we, Arena, which is now called the Talking Stick Resort Arena. Correct. <laughs> 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 Talking Stick is, is that what they write on the format sheet now for the first segment of Raw every week? Who's, Ta- uh, who's on the talking stick segment? Isn't that um, isn't that the Renee Young show that just got canceled? <laughs> isn't that a rock movie? Oh, no, that's Walking Tall. <laughs> Not Talking Stick. Talking Stick. That's one way to refer to the microphone. Oh, fucking A. So... We have, we have a, uh, a heat match. Yes, that uh, that 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 starts prior to uh, to the slams, which is Rey Mysterio defeating Shannon Moore. High stakes cruiserweight action. <laughs> uh, at one point, originally planned to be Rey Mysterio versus Kidman, but scratched in favor of this barn burner. Um, this was after wait Kidman versus Rey. Yes, that'd be great. I'm yeah, that was on the books. See that. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And they, in fact, had really good matches in WCW. But uh, this is a little while after a landmark SmackDown moment. They actually headlined the June 5th, 2003 SmackDown with Rey Mysterio taking the Cruiserweight title off Matt Hardy at his peak version one heel gimmick, where Mm -hmm. um, Mysterio's kid and and, and wife got involved in the storytelling. And um, it was a hell of a memorable SmackDown. So Mysterio had hit something of a stride in 2003, relegated to heat, though, boss, when it's time for the real big show. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, you know... Small body doesn't translate to big TV. <laughs> so, or Spike TV for that matter. <laughs> or male TV. So, uh, Mysterio pinning more in a minute 58. Also on the Heat Show, um, yeah. Matt Hardy, the aforementioned, essentially accepts a forfeit victory over Zach Gowan, who you might remember as uh, the short-lived one-legged wrestling sensation... Um, who had a go in WWE, had a top program for a little while going with Vince. Brock Lesnar crushed him and pushed him down the stairs in a wheelchair on SmackDown one week, and that was about all we heard from good old Zach. He did the hard blade. He'll come up in some uh, some highlight clips that aired during the body of the broadcast. We get highlight clips, and that's about it. That's all we see from Mr. Gowan on this extravaganza. Not in attendance in Phoenix that night. According to the Pro Wrestling Torch, he was actually the night of SummerSlam 2003 in Garfield, New Jersey for the annual JCW J-Cup Independent Wrestling event. So uh, otherwise disposed at this point was Zach Gowan. Obviously yeah. a signal that uh, his short-lived run was over. But yeah. as it regards the body of the pay-per-view show, we open on Howard Finkel. Um, yeah, no, no logo 
no WWE logo. You have the title sequence uh, conspicuous by its absence. Um, Fink welcomes us, ladies and gentlemen, um, and also welcomes the U.S. Marine Corps Color Guard yeah. in Phoenix, Arizona, on the stage as uh, Lillian Garcia delivers her rendition of America the Beautiful. Now, I thought, um, is it America the Beautiful? Or what's the other? Or is it the National, or the national Anthem? I, I'm, I'm always, for, I always forget. Is it, I thought America the Beautiful was was relegated only at the mains. Yeah, I thought so, too. I mean, they, they hardly ever but she do. she sings America Beautiful here, right? She does. She does sing, yeah. Yep, she does. And uh, it is usually relegated to the mains. At least these days, that's when when you hear it. But I guess they were feeling in a celebratory mood back in 2003. I don't know why. All black ropes, boss. Yeah. Oh, I don't like I Not a fan. Why? Not a fan of the period. I, I don't like the... um. In... in Starting around, I believe it was the mains 2000 is when yeah. there started to be raw ropes, SmackDown ropes, <laughs> and pay-per-view ropes. <laughs> These and... are the things you choose to occupy your mind with when you don't have a co- competing wrestling company on another network. I know, right. And <laughs> I, I'm just not a fan of the black ropes. Mm-hmm. I like the red. I, I like the if. Obviously, in in my 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 later adulthood, the red, white, and blue is certainly classic. But if we had, if I had my druthers to the solid color ropes, it's red, always red. The mm-hmm. red is great. I I hate the white. I hate the the black. Mm-hmm. I hate them all. Give me the red. Well, as far as colors go, I have to tip my cap to the U.S. my cap rather to the U.S. Marine Corps contingent here. Uh, helping with America the Beautiful, because they were very conscientious. They were sure to sport flags that had both the Raw and uh, the SmackDown <laughs> colors on it, which I thought was was important at this time. Well, of, it, um... is, it is a joint... Yes, in this, in this time of struggle. <laughs> of interbrand a, struggle. Of interbrand struggle, it is important to to show and promote the unification of, of both brands on this particular pay-per-view. And uh, they're already out of hands in terms of the screens and shit. Not only do you get that big, massive green and blue double S SummerSlam logo that Ugh. debuted in 2000, you also get just two gratuitous television monitors at about shin level on both sides of the entranceway. They just add two, you know, the kind of small screens you'd buy for for your your kitchen island. <laughs> just just well, for this, no this reason. Is, this is getting to be that period where people have you have your secondary entrance videos. Oh, you know, you got your main one that goes up on the on the Titantron, but then um, uh, you you have like little logos mm. that go on the other smaller, less important, less oh, prominent monitors. So much movement. So so much graphic. It's like they clicked, dragged, highlighted the broadcast, and selected animate. It's just it's like WWE on an Instagram filter or something he, like that. You know, I'm sure there'll come a day where, where Vince will just prefer to have computer-generated professional wrestlers. <laughs> computer-generated performers. You know? I think they call it C- <laughs> CGP, right. I think it's called. CGP, computer-generated performer. So our opening video. Um, or actually be a CGE. Entertainers. Computer-generated <laughs> entertainers. We open uh, with our opening video. It's, it's people lounging out on the beach playing volleyball and such. Now, yeah, that's great. These are clips, even though it's repurposed for the very dark and sinister implications necessary when you're featuring an Elimination Chamber match. Don't remember, 
Don't forget, rather, from part one, Goldberg vs. Triple H was originally thought to be the one-on-one clean meeting to headline the show, so we didn't need all these trappings of ominous steel and blood and impending doom. So they cut a commercial uh, with that in mind, where essentially Brock Lesnar um, sees a couple of people in distress out in the surf and takes off in his wrestling trunks into the water and F5s a shark. And in a way that looks so incredibly fake. I mean, so incredible. You think incredibly... he'd do that today? Would he F5? <laughs> he would. You know what he would say? Talk about jumping the shark. Jesus. <laughs> he would say, you can shoot the commercial, but I ain't going to be there. <laughs> and they would just roll over and take well, that's it. That's fine. We'll <laughs> use a CGB, a computer-generated Brock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they probably would. I mean, it's 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 like the computer graphics from like a Charlton Heston movie. I mean, it's just like that ancient looking, the way they pull this shark thing off. But we don't get that. The important thing is you have to seek that commercial out for the 2003 SummerSlam. It does not air on the broadcast. They just use the people on the beach, the scenes they, they filmed for that, to then cut into the sun going down and the bell tolls and now it's the chamber there's, and fuck the summer. Nothing worse... I think then it, it, it just always takes away. I, I want to, it always takes away when they do a, a, their, their hype video or their whatever video intro video. And it's always summer based. Like, I don't know. It, it, hmm. it, it, it always seems so phony. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I just, I just never like it. Well, what's so, what's so maddening about it, I think is that, the WWE has such a homogenized look to its television broadcasts. I mean, you can't tell what arena yeah. they're in in any given week. They go out of their way to make everything look precisely the same. Yet they think if they just remind us that it's summer, it's going to feel special, but it looks exactly the same. Right. Right. It's presented exactly the same. The matches look exactly the same. The interviews sound exactly the same. The announcers are saying exactly the same verbiage. I mean, it's like, who are you shitting? Like, you, you, you insist on doing this, like, completely homogenized version of what you say pro wrestling is and I'm, I'm watching by the way I just want to say I'm, I'm watching that commercial I mean they 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 oh Jesus Christ yes I mean they they you know they rip off um um they watch they rip off uh, jaws a lot oh jaws the, okay yeah but my god it's awful I get flashes of the uh, the Baywatch lifeguards charging the surf too yeah yeah and uh, goes for the ride. But here the bell goes, uh, the, the bell tolls, the sun goes down, and they show uh, Shane McMahon and Eric Bischoff and Kane unmasked and all of these horrendous things. And the voiceover Why man says... Why is it narrated by an Irish man? Bear witness and grieve. Tonight wars will be waged. That's right. War will be waged. And we'll have ourselves a nice serving of potato pie. <laughs> Something like that. They say that the structure, that is the Elimination Chamber, which we will refer to as a structure many, many times, and is oh one of Vince God. McMahon's favorite the favorite demonic words. structure. Someone was counting the amount of times the announcer said structure during the um, the recent Punjabi prison match between Jinder Mahal and Randy oh. Orton. It was stunning, stunning the amount of times the announcer said structure. Um, here in the voiceover, they say that this structure confirms there is pure evil in this world as they show Kane pouring gas on Rob Van Dam and threatening to light the match. Then they show Diggs getting, um, Diggs getting graved. (laughs) Graves getting dug. Um, and then they go, then they go into Hemingway. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. And what are they trying to do? You know, it's like, they act like they had this, like, 
the pretense is that they had this grand thematic notion about. I, I always do. But you didn't. You, you just decided this was the match like three weeks notions. ago. No. <laughs> I knew. Look, just because you're swerved. That's right. Doesn't mean that I'm swerved. That's right. They I've been planning SummerSlam since September of last year. Were you planning Eric raping Linda, which is next in the opening video as well, that long? Yes. <laughs> they show priests blessing the grave, and they show all of the pain from the Survivor Series 2002 inaugural Elimination Chamber match. I, I love that there's something so... Hmm. <sighs> Fraught. Yes. Forced. When, when there's just a plethora of... <laughs> stock footage you're right purchased you know you can tell where they purchased like you, you know you can find all this shit right just like some of their music they have on some of their dvd releases i've i remember i remember getting a a a cd or i think i might have talked about this once where one of the um my internship when i was when i first moved out to la and they had a um library of stock music like an incredible library and i took it and one of them was like epic themes mm -hmm. and literally no joke the military you know army war movie based theme is the menu music for the monday night war dvd yes yes it is you know it's like literally just you know that that's what they do i mean mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing people you know a lot of people do it but you'd think that with a company that has all of these resources that they apparently have, that they wouldn't need to get stock shit. Mm, but they do. They very much do. Yes. And um, it's funny, even after they left Spike TV, Raw that is, I remember still hearing Hardcore Holly and the Hardy Boys theme songs for commercials and like sizzle reels and bump ads and stuff like that. So, you know, you want to put, put all of this stuff on Jim Johnston, like it all came off the top of his head, but there are quite a few WWE entrance themes over the years that were just yes. completely fair use, you know, adapted, adopted. And, and let's not forget how many people use fucking Kurt Angle's music before it was Kurt Angle's music. Very nice. Very true. And so they show the bell tolling and all these headshots of the different wrestlers in the Raw main event on this night, and they also show Brock Lesnar wiping blood from his chest and Shawn Michaels in a bloody heap and the chamber glass from Survivor Series, and that's your closing scene. So now this is the theme. And now, boss, Raw and SmackDown present. SummerSlam. I happened to catch um, and watch the original cut of the entrance. Uh -huh. you know, do you know that they cut out Raw and SmackDown as well as Stacker 2, YJ, wow. Stinger present? They eliminated the reference to Stacker 2. I don't know if that had right. anything to do with it being pulled off of the shelves for being hazardous <laughs> to your health. But I think that's a good guess. Yeah, I would say that. What do you know? WWE getting into bed with a company manufacturing a product. It is true. I wondered. I do wonder, though. You know, when it comes to these to these things, are the when it comes to the network, yeah, and this on demand nature, you know, does does like Snickers get a cut? You know, they must. They have to get. It's a product placement of sorts. And yeah, I'm struggling to remember if in in all of the shows we've done for the lapsed fan if. If any product placement survived, I, I don't know. Like, we did WrestleMania 14. I don't remember them talking about M&M's. And that was all over the, the place. M&M's logo was all over that show. Hmm. Interesting. Well, 1-800-COLLECT um, presents. Something, some, I mean, it, it, it's weird because 
on Raw, you do have some of those those commercials. They still air. Yes. You know, like during the 97, I guess 96, 97 Raws, they've got those, those, um, those, uh, the Super Soaker Chef Rewind. Chef, they have so- Super Soaker, but not only that, but they have the Super Soaker commercials. Yes. And the, like, Chef Boyardee beefy ravioli mm-hmm. commercials that, you know, Mankind was in. Like, they actually show some of these commercials and that involve the, the, uh, the entertainers of the <laughs> WWE. Interesting. Well, Maybe close uh, observers of the lapsed fan will recall whether or not they make it a practice. I like to think yeah. it, it makes me smirk to think that the stack or two references were edited out because of the what happened to that product. I, I, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But uh, perhaps we've missed the fact that they've done that over and over again. Just stack or two when you see it and are reminded that they sponsored the show. It's just so memorable that you're waiting, watching this whole show for reference, and then it's curiously absent. I I feel like. Um... I feel like I, we've we've done shows with Snickers, but I don't know. Stacker Two was such a weird fucking thing. Oh my god, I know. To begin with, that yeah. it's like you know, it's. I mean, I'm not surprised that it stands out. So the pyro pops. They're on their feet in Phoenix. Jr. welcomes us. Says sixteen thousand one thirteen. We're selling out, and they welcome us to the sixteenth annual WWE SummerSlam. Very muted crowd in the beginning, and um, they dubbed it over. You yeah. know why? Because they used the Metallica song "Saint Anger" um, for this show. <laughs> but obviously, uh, only cut a deal licensing them to use that music at that time and place on that evening, and it's um, cut out of the network version. So you get That's that. Right odd audio in the beginning. Uh, JR and King, by the way, are positioned up near the aisleway as your Raw announced team here in 2003, with, of course, Cole and SmackDown at ringside in the traditional position representing SmackDown. Um, JR says, tonight will not be for the weak at heart, as the devil's own creation descends over the ring in the Elimination Chamber. Cole and Taz, uh, Taz with his orange pocket square boss, said he was born ready for a night like tonight. Yep. Yeah, well, I wasn't born ready to listen to his bullshit, so... We pitch to Hugo Savinovich and Carlos Cabrera in tan suits. Carlos <laughs> says muy caliente, and that's about well, all I wanted I could... to feel like it's, like, you know, they're they're Mexican. Right. So beige. Right. You know, think of that, that the, the heat in, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, some neutral colors. That's what Mexico is to me. Neutral. That's... Neutralized. A sudden cut to the Dudley's music, uh, something also, I think, carved out of the original broadcast at this particular point, is the bombs drop. The Dudleys are out mm-hmm. here. And did you know well, that... I wonder, did, they, did, they, did they cut that? I mean, they were, they, were, they, they were still so sensitive of 9-11 around this time, too. Mm-hmm. No, well, they show the bombs. Oh. Yeah, but it's just, it's a very sudden jump from Hugo and Carlos to the Dudley's entrance, it seems. Mm. But um, did you know this. that among the... Uh, this is the Dudley's version... Uh, the WWE Dudley's entrance theme version that has lyrics, and did you know among those lyrics, I discern this for the first time watching this show, oh are the following line, it's like a family in here, just a little disabled. Putting it down, we lay him out on the table, boss. A little well, disabled. A <laughs> no, that's why you said disabled. I mean, I certainly, certainly wouldn't reference a retard or anything like that. <laughs> Yes, there there is a redlined version of this theme on Vince's desk somewhere where the word retarded is crossed out and it says disabled. That's correct. Because <laughs> you remember Bubba? He was stuttering yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. 
So maybe that's what it is. He's mentally disabled. He's got less ables than most people. Right. Kurt Abel. What? All right. Very able. Bubba is holding the American flag on his walk, and uh, we show a clip from Rod. Yeah. From Raw two weeks ago, where La Resistance attacked the Dudleys with the American flag, snapped the pole in half, laid it across the Dudleys' back, and then that prior Monday, they had um, pie-faced a guy in the front row who was an alleged serviceman, um, who was then later invited into the ring by the Dudleys, and then turned on them and smashed them with the flag. Welcome to the WWE debut of Rob Conway. Rob Conway. As an anonymous service member turned La Resistance turncoat boss. Yes, he is a French sympathizer. Mm-hmm. Is Rob Conway? Uh, Jr. says that Bubba Ray and Devon are you ready for this? Sixteen-time mm. tag champions. You got it, boss. Jesus Christ! Among the only teams to win the WCW titles after WCW went out of business. That's true. So, uh, but yeah. still, like sixteen times. There's something. There's something about that when it comes to. The, the only person who should have 16 times of anything is Flair. Right. And it works for Flair because he's the best. But, like... Here, it, it doesn't comes, work. No. No, it does not. Like, 10 times tops. Like, make those double digits. I'm I'm okay with that. But 16 times and their career... And, and they... Because they're, they're, like... I'm sure their first championship was, like, in, what, 97? Yes. So it's, like, six years. They won 16 titles. Right. It's like, so all that tells me is it doesn't mean anything when right. they've, won the, they've had many useless title reigns. It, you know who, <laughs> you know, it's another nice little fucking reminder of how watered down that whole thing has gotten. What? Randy Orton is a 13 time champion. Ugh. Oh, 14, 14 time champion. Jesus. Randy Orton. If there was somebody who didn't deserve that, it's and they, Randy Orton. They think it makes him so elite. They think that people see Randy Orton as one of the greatest of all time. They do. I'm so bored with Randy Orton. Oh my god. What what other I mean, I What watch. else could you be? Watch, and I'm bored. Like he is Randy Borton is what he is. <laughs> Randy Bortum. Randy really Aborton. Oh yeah. So, all right. I, yeah, anyway. This opening contest tonight between the Dudleys and La Resistance is for the World Tag Team Championships as mm. opposed to the WWE, the WWE Tag Team Championship. Which are the SmackDown side. Now they just call it the Raw Tag Belts and the SmackDown Tag Belts. Cause Good, they're... finally. Mm. So uh, here, here here come uh, La Resistance and their Frenchy Berets. It's Rene Dupre and Sylvain Grenier. And the Dudleys charge immediately <laughs> up the aisle. I about those names. I know, I know. Rene Dupre. That's right. My name is Rene Dupre. And my tag team partner is Sylvain Grenier. Together and we are known as La Ratatouille. I like before each match. I like to have a glass of Grand Marnier <laughs> and hit a vertical souffle <laughs> and hit a vertical souffle into my flambé souffle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before you go through the table, let's flambé with some lighter fluid and a match. <laughs> Just a little disabled, as far as that goes. So they charge up the aisle and. The Dudleys do and lay right into La Resistance, and uh, we're underway. Opening contest here at SummerSlam 2003. Uh, Rene Dupre flare flops uh, with the tag belt still in his waist in the ring as Devon takes over. JR says the Dudleys have to be considered the most honored tag team in the history of this business. You got that, boss? Not the best. The most honored. Honored. Yes, because the Dudleys just scream 
all-time great Honor. tag team. <laughs> yeah. The only person... <laughs> Let me think. The person screaming honor at this point in time was whoever was the ROH champion. That man. <laughs> Devon well, was... This is around the time we went to Wakefield, right? And saw that Ring of yeah. Honor show. Yeah, I think it was 2004. Oh, was it? Yeah, same time. So, uh, yeah, Devon so... arm drags and drop kicks for all. Um, Devon with his t-shirt reading, Blood is thicker than wood. So stupid. How they did all those puns off of, like, <sighs> table material. <laughs> They've well, got wood. And boners, too. I <laughs> forget. So. Like, so blood annoying. is thicker than a boner. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> a boner is blood, but we'll, we'll, we won't blood. get into that. It's like into the, the, the medical. Leg drop so. by Devon gets two. Somewhere Hogan says, brother. Dude. Brother, why are they, they stealing my, my, my moves, dude? Why are they kicking out of it? That's the real question. What? They kicking out of my... Dude, you understand, dude, brother? When when he kicks out of when he kicks out of the leg drop, dude, it makes my move look weak, brother. That's right. I look weak, dude. Fuck. <laughs> well, he just left. He just walked out of the company after the Mister America run underneath. I'm the tired head. of looking weak, dude. I'm a <laughs> champ, brother. That's the that's the note he leaves on Vince's desk on his last day. I'm tired of looking weak, dude. Had to go. Signed, Terry. It's in like very thoughtful cursive, you know, <laughs> like a real he's from the heart letter to Vince. He signs it Terry Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Bubba comes in, uh, and the announcers say, "As folklore Damn would it. have it, he figured out my plan." <laughs> Bubba comes in, and the announcers say, "As folklore would have it, these are half brothers." Devon Waller says, "Yeah, Wait, well, what, I, I, I think, think they fell out of the family tree somewhere." He, what did he say? Who, what did Jr. say? No, no, King. Oh, he said, um, yeah, well, I think they fell out of the family tree somewhere down the line. <laughs> Just a little disabled. <laughs> Bubba slapping Sylvan's chest I think like that. I think the Dudley Boys tag team structure is a little disabled. <laughs> Bubba slapping Sylvan's chest like mad, ties him up in the tree of woe and stands on his crotch, then hits another slap to the chest. He then squashes both La Resistance members in the corner. Devon uh, clotheslines Sylvan out of the ring. And uh, yeah. Big Pop as the Dudleys manage to clean house and stand tall. Um, referee Nick Patrick presiding, by the way, in our opening That's contest. Right. Sylvan then blindsides Bubba on a whip from the apron. Uh, Renee hits him with a back suplex and drops some elbows for two. Big USA chants break out as uh, the Frenchmen get heat on the Dudleys. Um, and then there's a big crowd rally as Bubba starts mm-hmm. punching both and uh, turns... Uh, into a big Farouk style spine buster by mm. Rene Dupre. Someone's the, taking notes. The the crowd is pretty hot for the Dudleys. They are. Yeah, this is this is kind of like an ideal pay per view opening match. You know, you want you want a match that would absolutely struggle if you put it deeper into the show, but because it opens a show and features some relatively popular right. baby faces, you get just the right amount of enthusiasm without taking away yeah. from what's to come. So, uh, big spine buster by Renee, who's obviously looking to get on Triple H's radar using that move. And uh, he gets a two. You see, Mr. H, I did a spine buster. <laughs> is your name not Jean-Paul? <laughs> I understand that your name is Levesque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're what the French call, not La Resistance. <laughs> we are what the French call La Resistance. <laughs> he doesn't say Lara's Compton, he says Lara's as well. Actually I do think it is 
I do think it is safe that safe to say that Triple H is les incompetents. <laughs> Bubba with a full Nelson Bubba bomb on Sylvan, which Jr. says compressed the spine, not to oversell it or imagine, anything. Could you imagine? <laughs> If a move actually compressed the spine? Yeah, it's called Draws and Tyson Kid. It's called Retirement. Just a little disabled, those two gentlemen. Just a little disabled. Um, and, 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 and our heart uh, hurts for them. <laughs> I, You know, remember when I went on that rant a few weeks ago about how, like, dumb it is to act like we pine for the days when wrestlers were drug addicts and always hurt and stuff? Yes. And yes. then I pointed out how Katsurushi bought us in the hospital. Well, add to the list uh, Yoshiro Takayama, your strong okay. style god who can't move, and Tyson Kidd, who just did, you know, who took a standard issue muscle buster by Samoa Joe yep. and will never be the same again. And you're going to tell me that there's been any improvement whatsoever in, in the physical hazard uh, of, of what these wrestlers are facing these days. Is, the hazards are still real. Right. They get six more months to rehab. You know, it's like right. they're still getting destroyed. Right. They're and probably getting destroyed this worse than ever. This, this, is, this is the beauty of it. Not only are they still getting destroyed and still getting injured like they would, they're also not getting the TV time like they would if yeah. they were injured. Yeah. Because yeah. they used to keep people on TV. Yeah, they'd find you another know, way to keep them on TV without, you know, taking... Yeah taking punishment before they were ready. I'm sure they were rushed yeah. back into the ring more back then. There's a psychology change where you want to think long-term and, and you want to think how much can this guy give over the course of his career if we just give him the time it takes to heal the injury now. I get that. But um, I'm not... I, I constantly am gathering... These 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 anecdotes that occur when wrestlers get really hurt right. are starting to stick in my brain in a different way than ever before when I heard that critique. It's like... How many more names do we need of guys who are just destroyed because of this style that's supposed to be such a higher uh, form of the art? You know, if you're really hurting yeah. each other, I, I'm not going to go all Bret Hart on you, but man, I don't know if I'm down. I don't know if I respect what you're doing if you're really hurting people. You know, but anyway. Hey, it's the business they've chosen. That's good. That's absolutely correct. It's the uh, business they've chosen. Tag to Devon, clotheslines for all, backdrops Renee Dupre, Hangman's noose neckbreaker on Sylvan, uh, then the flapjack on Renee. He sidesteps Sylvan, who goes flying out of the ring, and a power slam on Renee gets two, so a hot tag for Devon. Sylvan grabs Devon from the apron, Devon moves, yeah. so Renee hits his own partner. Schoolboy roll up by Devon on Sylvan. Uh, no, on Renee gets two when Sylvan saves. Resistance then hit their double spine buster on Devon, and uh, there's a question from the announce team on who's the legal man. Doesn't matter. Renee covers, gets two. Mm-hmm. Pier 4 brawl breaks out. Bubba with a double clothesline, and then he does his jabs and his flip-flop fly and suck this. <laughs> that drops Renee. He slams Sylvan. Devon comes off the top with the was-up headbutt to the, the groin. Was, the was-up headbutt, which is about, what, four years dated now? Oh, my God. I know. And you know what? When they came back two, three years ago, they were still doing it. Of course they are. I mean... Well, now it's okay, though. Okay. You know, it's you're so much removed from that... that but this is like when it's like, dude, really... They never stopped doing it, and they still thought it would be cool. But... 10, 10, 15 years removed, it's like it still kind of works. It now it works again. Yeah. Because now it's retro. You know mm-hmm. that commercial is. I'm surprised. I'm surprised actually that that commercial hasn't come back in style in some way. Oh, the what's up? Know, yeah. The what's up thing. Someone will know? resurrect it. Yep. That's a but, good call. Um, but that's like you know. But back in 2003, I remember thinking that joke is so lost and old. Like, uh, hmm. you know, that commercial came out in '99. Yeah. 
or 2000. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's way too old to be doing this shit. Rene charges Devon Ducks and lifts him up into a 3D. Rene gets laid out with yep. a deadly death drop. At the count of two, Sylvan runs in and drags Nick Patrick out of the ring by the ankle, breaking up the count. Cameraman then runs into the ring and completely decks Devon Dudley, everybody, and then now, he scrams. Now Hogan just fucking paranoid. <laughs> right Because he's thinking King of the Ring 93 right now. <laughs> right, he's on that fucking dude, photographer brother. It's like an Shit. acid trip for him, you know? Yeah. And uh, so the crazy flashbacks. The cameraman scrams. Devon covers one, two, three. The announcers are completely befuddled as to what happened. Um, Devon is covered for the one, two, three. Sorry. Uh, so it is it is over. Our opening contest is SummerSlam 2003 pay-per-view, and it is La Resistance defeating the Dudley Boys to become the World Tag Team Champions in 7 minutes and 49 seconds. And uh, the cameraman is, gets back into the ring as they celebrate the victory. Blindsides Bubba with the camera. Spike Dudley hits the ring. He's smashed with the camera, too. And then uh, the hat comes off the cameraman, and it is Rob Conway once again. Oh, my God. What a shock. They don't call him Rob Conway. They refer to him as that phony service man we saw last week. (laughs) So you a lot of phony people on wrestling shows, don't you? The disabled service man from last week. So, uh, The poorly structured service man. They speculate that he somehow infiltrated the photographer's row at ringside. Uh, a row of one, apparently. Oh, really? Is I, I don't really see any photographers out there, but maybe they were. Um, and uh, our cameraman has a stone-cold lanyard on, by the way, so they have, they've had a security breach at the credentials issuing table as well to, to look into. So we've got new champions to kick things off, and uh, the no, coach... They're, they're, they're the defending champions. They come in as champs? Don't they? Hmm. Yeah, resistance is the champs. Thank you. They, they, retain. they retain. They retain. They retain. Um, Jonathan Coachman catches up to the Dudleys in the aisle. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Coach says that, that, you know, I says, well, you got to admit that a lot of resistance was pretty clever. Bubba goes into this fucking rant. He, he, he questions if Coach is one of those anti-American sympathizers. Yes. And Bubba says, uh, people who don't like America suck. Yes. Clever. What are you, one of those anti-American sympathizers too, coach? You know what I think about people who don't like America? I think they suck. He he phrases it thusly. Know what I think about people who don't like America? I think they suck. A little on the nose there, Bubba. (laughs) Classy guy. Classy guy is that Bubba Ray Dudley. And they say uh, the Dudleys will not sleep until we get back our tag team titles testify. Cut to Bischoff in pajamas. I will. (laughs) I already have. I already have. I've slept, I sleep just fine. I just slept. Um, <laughs> I slept through your mat, but that's something else. Can't we? Can't wait to sleep through your finisher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Hall. Cut to Bischoff in his pajamas, mm, shadow well, boxing. Bischoff's a tough guy on the oh. show again. Every now and then, got to drag out that uh, Starcade '97 look, boss. What an, what a fucking, you know. <sighs> What a complete buffoon. <laughs> like, literal complete buffoon with his fucking, with his fucking, like, karate get-up and just, you know, the problem is any, any, any wrestler, any professional wrestler who shadow boxes in the back deserves to be lampooned. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's this, because it's this, stu- even take away it being fake. Number one, okay? 
but it just looks so stupid. Well, like even even the basis of wrestling, even though there are punches and there are jabs and there are whatever, you don't, you know, like you don't need a shadow box because nobody, nobody ever gets into the position like you do when you're shadow boxing. Right. That's ever. It, that's it. That's it. They never go for those punches. And those punches, if you don't have gloves on, they're not going to do you any good. You're only going to land one or two until you crack your fucking hand. So it'd be the dumbest thing, even in reality, for pro wrestlers and, yeah. and the equipment they use to even spend any time learning shadow boxing techniques, or, or, shadow, or boxing for that matter, unless you're Undertaker, you know, because he, he wears the MMA gloves and brings real striking to bear. I don't care. <laughs> he brings real striking credibility to this sport of <laughs> Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so Christian then walks into the frame oh. with his Intercontinental title, introduces himself to Bischoff. Bischoff says, I know who you are. He goes, oh, then tell me, how can we get to SummerSlam and I'm not headlining the show? Hell, I don't even have a match. The peeps are rioting in the streets, Christian says. I don't blame him. Eric says he wanted you on the card, but, you know, Steve Austin put the kibosh on it. Christian says he's so jealous of me and my connection with the peeps. I should have known. <laughs> Doesn't take a lot to uh, misdirect old Christian in 2003. <laughs> Well, not when you get a script. Eric wants to go back to shadow to boxing. Right. Uh, this is kind of the gimmick they give Sami Zayn now, where he like continuously keeps talking um, when people are trying to ignore him or, or uh, tell him to shut up. So Eric goes back to shadow boxing, and Christian still pipes up and says, I think you might need some help in the match with Shane tonight. Eric says, trust me, I've got a backup plan already in position. So he goes no. to shadow box again, and Christian interrupts him again and says, i got to know, last week you and Linda in the bedroom, i got to know what happened. Did you close the deal? And he says, you know, Christian, you're so young. A gentleman never kisses and tells, but I'll make an exception and tell the whole world just what happened. <laughs> so what does it have to do with Christian being young? <laughs> That's true. I know. It's like, like what, the older the you whole, get. Why, yeah. Why the whole, like, never kisses and tells when you're going to kiss and tell? Oh, my God. You know, just hang in like, there. Just fucking say, I'll tell you in a little bit. I want to let you know that not only does Bischoff throw combinations in hand, with his hands, he tucks a spinning back elbow in as well, boss, right at this particular point. Yeah. Cut to Michael Cole. He says, I don't really want to know the details of what happened between Eric Bischoff and Linda McMahon. And Taz puts up the air quotes and says, I don't know if he sealed the deal. So yes. what we're going to talk about, we're going to use, the euphemism we'll use for rape is sealing the deal. Got that? Mm-hmm. Unwanted sexual yes. intercourse in yes. WWE's, you know, Universe of lexicon is sealing the deal. Hilarious, yes. funny, fodder. Because of course I, he didn't really rape her. This is this is fantasy. And it's it's it's, it's fake sports. <laughs> you can't really rape in fakeness. The other shows do rape, right? You know, SVU is all about rape. And the next week they call it sealing the deal. It happens all the time. Yes, sealed the deal. <laughs> So they show a clip from the Vengeance pay-per-view the month before where Sable and Stephanie McMahon went one-on-one. And A-Trade ran over Stephanie McMahon as another uh, hired gun of Vince McMahon. Everybody, every large heel in 2003 was somehow the hired gun of Vince McMahon, it seems. Everybody, and the thing about it is that every hired gun of Vince McMahon eventually fails. Oh, hard. They never get over. Nope. Remember uh, Drew Galloway was Vince McMahon's chosen one in 2006, was it? Gone in months. So, Fucking, uh, um, you manga, sure, same thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's actually a, a kiss a, of death, death that's spot. never been noticed. It's a death spot. Mm-hmm. When you, when you become the guy that Vince McMahon wants to be behind, 
it's a death spot. You're not gonna. You're never, your career will never recover. It's fascinating. So um, after A Train, I, mean, over... I do think that A Train also just has a career in general that just won't recover. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> so uh, after we ran over Steph on Vengeance, Sable covered her with her top just about off for the one, two, three. And then they say that Vince paid A-Train to do that, and then on SmackDown three weeks ago, A-Train hit Undertaker during his match against John Cena. Two weeks ago, an Undertaker versus Big Show match sees A-Train interfere and smash him in the ribs with a two-by-four. And um, they say that uh, Cena is now hurt as a result um, of that run-in. And so uh, Taker-Train ends up being the match. So Cena, boss, goes from being booked one-on-one against the Undertaker at Vengeance to not even on SummerSlam in any way, shape, or form. That's right. So That's right. It's uh, it's time to hit a certain dead man's music, and we turn it over I, to the boss I, now. I think it's safe to say that A-Train has done it now. He's gone and made <laughs> a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> dead man walking. You've done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. I got a loud. <laughs> <laughs> So turn around. So turn around. Never want to be a judgment day. <laughs> so supposedly, supposedly, our good friend composing music, Jim Johnston, is the lead <laughs> singer of the Undersellers song. Really? I don't have confirmation on that, but I but I got some. But yeah, indications of such that is hilarious. Johnson, I want you to do a song. I want you to sing the song about making a big mistake. (laughs) All right. What are they doing a documentary on the steroid trial? (laughs) I want you to be you. The song is about you telling me that I've made a big mistake by hiring you. Yeah, I guess you could read Undertaker's theme as Vince expressing deep regret and reproach over hiring Jim Johnston. I guess you could do that. You know, what's uh, what's very uh, ironic is the lyrics to an Undertaker match at this particular era always stand in sharp irony to the fact that I never wanted to watch the pay-per-views because it says over and over again, almost as if to hypnotize me to actually do it because they know I don't want to, you're going to pay, you're going to pay. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay because it's Undertaker versus A-Train, and that would be a waste of money. I'm going to pay, all right. I'm going to pay if I do pay. Right here in my Barca lounger. Now, now here are the lyrics I want you to do. Vince, you've made a big mistake. (laughs) Vince, you've made a big... The the lyrics is V-I-N-C-E, comma, you've made a big mistake. That's the first draft. Historians will note. (laughs) Vince, you've done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. <laughs> You've hired my ass. I don't know. And then there's the, something that rhymes with mistake. <laughs> so this is the big evil era, they said. Ugh. And big evil. And then what it's fucking. Then it's time to hit the beginning of JBL's theme with the stock market. Ding 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 ding. But this time, steam shoots up from the ground because it's the A train. It's a locomotive made out of Reardon metal. And uh, A-Train is flanked by Sable. Two, Sable. It's two pillars of steam art. 
<laughs> yeah, A Train, uh, the perfect headliner for a steampunk era at WWE. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Sable had given A Train the key to her penthouse suite. The announcers tell us, not her Playboy suite. <laughs> here, here, here are the, you're actually. Let's just read the. I, I got to do it. We're we're on it. Let's just read the. <laughs> You've done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. And I can't allow you to think you can just walk away. The William Shatner so, version here. So turn around and face the piper you're going to pay. Because the end is now. This is going to be your judgment day. A cheap shot. Cheap That's the way shot. Game. Yes. I was blindsided. Things will never, ever be the same. <laughs> Nice guys, it's said they always finish last, but badasses always kicking assholes' ass. What? No way. That can't be the real lyric. I don't know, but that's what it says. You're going to pay. You're going to pay. There's no forgiveness this time. You're going to pay. You're going to pay. It's my business. It's my business. Your mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, Vince you're... definitely wrote that one. You're going to you're gonna pay. It's like his hypnosis trying to get you to buy the show. You're burning... gonna pay. You're gonna pay. I'm burning these ones to the ground. You're yeah, you pay. are. You're gonna pay. I'm gonna bring you down. <laughs> what a f- like. You know what? And I can picture fucking yeah. Mark Calloway back to yeah stomping his booted foot. Yeah. Oh, with the bandana on. This is badass. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not, Mark. No, it's not. You're having you're 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 what we like to refer to as a career low point. <laughs> okay, nobody likes also, you. You're wrestling A Train no, in the no, second no match long, of SummerSlam. No, not also is it not badass, but neither are you, you fucking fat jackass. Jesus. Here comes boss. Get the guns out. Fucking, I mean, fortunately, we're like two months, like three, what, three months away from yes. this fucking tenure ending. Taking out back and the right thing gets Jesus. done. Jesus. Um, oh, what a fucking, what a goof. So it's Undertaker versus A-Train as they try to elevate A-Train, one of two, three, or four attempts. Remember when he was Tensai, too? Yeah. Yes. They get this yes. bright idea every so many years that A-Train's going to be a headliner. Prince Albert. Prince Albert, Albert. Yeah. Hey, guess what? You know, Underseller defeated both members of TNA at back-to-back SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> so Undertaker... Uh, if fought. you want a guy to get over, I got I got, I got a suggestion for you. Mm-hmm. If you want a guy to get over, don't book him against Underseller. Don't, don't do it. It doesn't work. Because he's eventually going to win Cause, hard. Because he's going to win either way. <laughs> unless he fucking... I don't know. Ne- next in this uh, queue in 2003 was Nathan Jones. Remember him? Oh. That was the next giant, and Matt Morgan, and yep. Um, you know, boss. One thing needs to be said though: if if Taker ever wants to get to Sugar Hill, he's got to take the A train tonight, <laughs> and um, we'll see how that works out. Uh, okay, forget it. I don't even. <laughs> I wrote: is it is it A train he's wrestling, or is it Taker versus A train? <laughs> Because if you put a space between the A and train, then it's a much more daunting challenge. 
then I might bu- then I might pay. Oh Jesus! So uh, by the way, coming in the ribs of the Undertaker are bothering him. Um, Colin Michael, uh, Colin Michael, Colin Taz deduced that from just observing Undertaker's posture. And from the tape, I think he's got something taped. <laughs> Not just his fists. <laughs> Bringing in like. Real boxing certainly, guys just to tape his nobody fists. Nobody taped this show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to feel like a tough guy, like paying Stitch Duran ten grand to wrap his fists in the back to feel like a real fighter. He's such a goof. A little tighter. I want the tap out wrap. <laughs> you want the knockout wrap or the tape or the tap out wrap, Mark? I wanted to be able to tap. There's an answer that leaves me right where I was before I asked the question. You see, no, it isn't... I'm not going to do a rap that will allow you to tap. That Both do that. That doesn't answer my question. All right. So we start with headlocks and a goozle from A-Train as Taker answers with knees to the hairy gut of Matt Bloom. There are, it looks like a, a fucking yard on his fucking chest. So fucking hairy that he blooms. <laughs> looks like looks like a yard. He said, <laughs> "What the fuck? It's my yard, or or is it my lint trap? <laughs> or is that your chest?" <laughs> I kind of like the laps take. I like this <laughs> little short bursts. I'm digging it. That's right. Russian leg sweep cover for two. Uh, the longer the match goes, the more it's in favor of A-Train, as <laughs> says. My favorite, my favorite meaningless wrestling announcer thing. The longer, the longer it goes, go. the more it favors one guy. They're both big, bloated. What are you talking about? Well, oh, because you get the bad ribs, that's why. Oh, who cares? <laughs> underseller seems more likely to be called the underseller seems more likely to be called the undershooter with his fist and fancy footwork. <laughs> Thanks for that. So glad you wrote that down. Undershooter. Undershooter, yeah. (laughs) It's like he doesn't quite shoot, you know. That's true. It's like an underachiever. That's true. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty good. It works in a lot of ways. God, what? A-Train is now on the assault and pepper. And, um... (laughs) What a man, what a man, what a man. What a fuzzy man. <laughs> yes. Uh, Taker with the DDT off the ropes gets two. Taker hits a flying clothesline. Does the old school. Fucking Michael Cole tries to play JR by calling A-Train a former college football star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Star. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was no, once no, in the college no, newspaper. A star means that you are of some prominence. Yes, yes. I'm sure he was. I cannot imagine I, that Matt Bloom in a D3 was a school. college star. Yeah. Springfield Maybe he was college. a player. Maybe he played football at college. But if he was a college star, he would probably be on an NFL team and not working a fake sport match. This, by the way, the beginning of a long and fruitful relationship between these two is Matt Bloom gainfully employed as a trainer at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida these days. He's got so much to teach these guys. I mean, look at how magnificent a match he gets out of Undertaker here. I never understand how some of these fucking goofballs become trainers. Because like... he got trained by Kowalski, and he's from Boston, and Triple H likes those two things very much. But, like, but 
But even Triple H knows the guy sucks. Mm. How can a guy who sucks train others to be good, let alone better than him? Billy Gunn was a trainer. Who? Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn's all right, though. I don't think Billy Gunn's the... I think think when it comes to that, Billy Gunn is like... Hugh Morris? World beyond... Hugh Morris is worlds beyond Matt Bloom. Hmm. No, they're all, like, they're they're all the same. I have to disagree. They're all the same. I don't think so. I think I think fucking I think Matt Bloom is a sluggish oaf. Like at least fucking uh 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 you know Bill DeMott can fly. You know, <laughs> get up yeah. there at least. And 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 I don't know. I think Billy Gunn can have. Mm. No, it can't. Billy Gunn's had a lot. The the one thing that Billy Gunn. I think has over both these guys is his uh, is his experience. Like, at least he was. I thought you were going to say athleticism. I was going to fucking. No, no. no I was going to no, stop I recording. Think, I don't think he's the greatest pure athlete in the WWE today. <laughs> um, but he leapfrogs over opponents who drop down for a backdrop. <laughs> Your standard issue pro wrestler is not able to do that. Sports entertainer. <laughs> Uh, All right, so the old school scores for Taker. A-Train low bridges Undertaker, though, on a charge, and he spills over the ropes. Taz, Taz says A-Train is as fresh as a daisy. <laughs> so Taker is what selling... What the fuck are you talking about fresh as a daisy? Taker is selling the ribs, and Big Show's getting his wallet out, boss. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's one thing. A-Train doesn't have to wear a bib when he eats barbecue. <laughs> it all gets lost in the yard. <laughs> we here at The Last Fan refer to Matt Bloom's chest hair as the yard. <laughs> that's a t-shirt. Yeah. It's a hairy fucking chest the yard. You take the uh, electric chair spot. You take you take electric chair, and you take the R, and you switch the I and the A, and you got my exact opinion of the electric chia. <laughs> chia. A train. <laughs> Who came up with that fucking name? A train. So stupid. It's the worst. So Taz, um, Taz even says grabbing his ribs to boot. <laughs> thinking if Undertaker's grabbing his ribs, he has something in common with A Train now. <laughs> they grab ribs like a Look motherfucker it. after the show. When Albert picks up Underseller and slams his back into the post, Cole says he slammed the injured rib area. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> the rib area is, I think, I think the far left of the buffet at Golden Corral. <laughs> The river is out back with the smoke. <laughs> That's where Billy Gunn is. The smoke. The river is over near Jr.'s position. You can see the smoke rising like a fucking wildfire out there. It's like the California foothills. He's got his grill going. <laughs> These guys just can't stop eating meat. That's 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 fifty percent of our show. What was it? Well, I'm going to start cooking over some, cooking some meat over here, King. <laughs> put some steaks and some ribs, sausage. A-Train or HR? HR is where they go when uh, Vince makes the pass. All right. Oh, 
Michael Cole, MD, ladies and gentlemen. They cut to a Sable at one point, and Taz just makes a noise, like a grunt. Oh. Yeah, so my God. A-Train focuses on ribs with shots, and his Taz says, big, thick forearms. <laughs> it makes it sound like part of the cow you would eat. The big, oh, thick forearm cuts. <laughs> you, you mean the big, thick, yes, the arm cut. <laughs> Uh, look at, look at, you know, we get lots of lazy man uh, screams by both men in this match. <laughs> Cole says that Mr. McMahon's heavy is the A-Train, and that he's been on the take from the boss the past few weeks. It's like me. I'm on the take from the boss. Mr. McMahon's heavy. Heavy, yes. Heavy. Well, well then maybe he should take some stacker, too. Jesus Christ. High vertical suplex by A-Train for two. Taz says he popped those hips. That was a big yeah. Taz thing. Whenever someone suplexed somebody, popping the hips. God. He's the only person that said it, and thank God for that. A-Train. You, see, you, mentioned, you mentioned Sable there. Sable, Sable definitely looking really nice. Well, she here. came. Yeah. She came she back because she heard how much Brock was making. And she wanted to. Speaking of closing the deal. That's right. <laughs> you know, Wonder Lesnar gave her his next big fang and brought her the pain. <laughs> So A-Train, uh, his head size is remarked upon by the announcers, which is uh, nice. They said it's a headbutt from him <laughs> is like getting... large. <laughs> Cole says getting hit in the head by him is like getting hit in the head with a typewriter. Taz says, computer, it's not. It's a modern day. We don't have typewriters anymore. Not for nothing. Fuck you, Taz. Taz uh, Taker grabs a sleeper, but A-Train counters with a big back suplex. Taker then begins to rally, hits the snake eyes... But A-Train ducks the big boot. Double clothesline, both hit the mat. Taz declares it the fourth quarter now for both athletes. Every time Cole or Taz call Underseller Big Evil, mm -hmm. it sounds so stupid. You know, Big Evil did a Big Evil. Like, stop. Like, why do you have to... It's The Undertaker. Why do we have to come up with names for him? He's The Undertaker. He's more than earned that being enough. It's the fucking worst. <sighs> Big evil. They had some guy. They had some like artist at Titan Towers like sketch the logo and had meetings that about devil it. Fucking devil logo. Oh, fuck Jesus. off. Like that has anything to do with wrestling. It pisses me off. So um, uh, yeah. It, we talked about the LSD trip from Hogan in the first match. How about this? Irish whip, big boot, leg drop yep. from Undertaker for two. Brother, dude. <laughs> That's twice, man. You can't say I'm making it up, brother. I'm uncomfortable. Dude, making me look weak, dude. Then the bandana comes off, which makes Hogan nervous as well. <laughs> but uh, after that two count, um, who was that? Who gave the big boot? Was it Undertaker? Undertaker. Oh, Whip, yeah, yeah, right. boot, oh, leg drop. The whole Hogan thing. Jesus. Well, uh, <laughs> fucking um, Albert almost gets a two, gets a close two count, and Cole says Al says that Albert almost tasted victory, and I think uh, he also almost tasted an apple pie from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you, you know what's wrong about what you said? What? Almost. He still got it anyway. <laughs> he had some he had fucking stuck in his teeth from dinner. It's like, oh shit, that just came out. You know how Ooh. bank robbers show up with just a cloth bag and open it up and say fill it up? That's what he does at McDonald's at twelve thirty AM after the show. <laughs> Fuck it. He just opens the this tweed sack. Fill it. Fill it. <laughs> Apple pies. 
now. <laughs> Sir, excuse me? What are, you, what are you asking from me? It's a good thing it was wintertime and we got this fucking snow shovel here to... <laughs> Give me the fucking pies. <laughs> Put in a couple Big Macs, too. <laughs> Bitch. And then, and then he pays for it. It's not a robbery at all. He's just, he's mad. He's mad that he needs those, that many pies. He wishes all he needed was one or none. He wants to, he wishes he could just have like no pies. But he knows the only way he's going to get sleep tonight is if he eats 15 McDonald's apple pies. In the parking lot. All right. This this one has been a. I didn't expect this one to be a reservoir of deliciousness. I love how all these these overweight wrestlers like have this food addiction. <laughs> well, they say the heavier the last group, it's okay to make fun of. And God damn it, do we take that all the way to the to the end of the earth on the lapsed fan between Big Slow and fucking A Train and fucking Vader? Jesus Christ, these guys and Abdul the Butcher. Fucking sleeping. Sleeping in his car outside Golden Corral. <laughs> Falling asleep with writer's block in the parking lot of McDonald's. <laughs> the cop, the, you know, the cops get used to it. It's like, you know, oh, WWE's in town. We gotta patrol the McDonald's tonight. There's gonna be falling asleep and shit again. <laughs> never know. This fucking jackass is always hounding the fast food places. <laughs> Here's the thing. You know, people, people <laughs> we get criticized all the time, as, as everyone knows, about laughing at our own jokes. But I'm not laughing at our jokes. I'm laughing at the idea of this. I'm <laughs> me, hell, me over I'm here, I'm laughing at our jokes. I'm uh, imagining A-Train at a fucking McDonald's saying, fill it. Yeah, if you don't think our jokes are funny, then this might not be the podcast for you. Since when is it held against somebody? And if you don't it's like... laugh at your own jokes, go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. I know. I know the type. All right. We we both went to college with the type with the stand up comedy type who like yes. can't. They're too cool to laugh. They never think anything's yeah. funny. God, you know, I would rather, I would rather impale myself on a picket fence than hang around with people like that. <laughs> So fuck off if you're of that persuasion. I always like to impale myself instead of the uh, the the dead serious wrestling fan. Yeah, there's not much of a difference, you know. <laughs> this like seriousness bred from insecurity, basically. Yep. So we're moving on. Um, <clears throat> uh, Taker with a leg drop across the apron on A Train's throat. Cole declares that move vintage Undertaker. Thank you very much. <laughs> The crowd is unnecessarily hot for this fucking abomination. <laughs> yeah, it's going well. Last ride gets set up. Um, <clears throat> it gets pushed off. Brian Hebner is then decked in the process. Referee Brian Hebner. Um, and then um, A-Train connects with the Baldo Bomb, which at this point in his career was called the Derailer, the sit-out front choke slam move. Yeah. Um, and then and they say it was a big hit by A-Train, and I'm not... No, they say, big hit by train, and I'm not talking drops of Jupiter. Hebner slow count, one, two, but a kick mm. out. Um, they say that um, A-Train tasted victory there, among other things. Oh, that's right. That's where I said it. I see. Um, and then Taker uh, misses a clothesline on A-Train, and Brian Hebner sacrifices for the industry. That's right. 
That's by getting right. turned inside out with a full moonsault on the clothesline. Jesus. A-Train then hits the bicycle kick, puts down Undertaker. He goes out to the ringside to get a chair. He comes in the ring and it gets kicked back in his face. He gets covered. The ref is slow to count. One, two, not enough. Taker then lifts A-Train and, um, and then Train drops behind him but gets snatched with a choke slam. Yep. The one, the two, and the three. So much for A-Train and Vince McMahon's heavy. It's over in nine minutes and 19 seconds. The Undertaker defeats A-Train clean as a whistle at SummerSlam 2003. And they say injured ribs <clears throat> and all. Um, the dead man gets it done tonight. And uh, A-Train rises. Taker sets up the last ride when Sable walks in and begins to caress the chest of the dead man. Taker uh, then... Yes, the seduction. Because this is 2003, Taker grabs her by the throat. That's right. And he looks to the entranceway. He is not going to do harm to Stephanie, he, uh, to Sable, pardon me. He's simply going to subdue her until Stephanie McMahon comes out, her music right. hits, and I go, ugh. Oh, no. It's like, we, how, now many, we, um, how many breast surgeries do you think she's had over the last 16 years? Well, this is her broad shoulders and bangs oh, period, where it was God. like, does he want her to look like Joni Lauer? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yes. What? She's, a... You know, we like, she, since, since they, uh. Since they got married, you know, we, we always joke about how this fucking, how her physical transformation has been huge Yeah, in many ways. Oh, go to like, I mean, you know, she's a lot younger, but go to like 99, look at yeah. her when she's doing the Undertaker crucifixion stuff. Like, she is not on track also, to look like she does. Free Triple H. Yeah. He gets her into the gym and uh, yes. not for the better. Night, night, no, nighttime workouts right. on, on the ground. Those 2 a.m. workouts. Fucking assholes, pretentious yes. bitches. <laughs> right, do it and leave me out of it. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, for some reason, I, I, it's probably you know what? It's probably because of this the Triple H reign of terror. Because you know, <coughs> it doesn't bother me that the that when the Rock talks about waking mm. up at four a.m. to go work out for like three hours. Right, right. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It, it's his gimmick. Triple H, like Rock, does it with a shred of comedy. You know, it's almost like it's funny right. when he says clanging and banging. But I also think I also think Trip uh, uh, Rock recognizes his ability to inspire people. Yes. And like, because I remember I remember reading this tweet um, or this Instagram post. I don't remember mm -hmm. which one it was. About it was the Rock, and he was talking about how it's sometimes really hard for him to wake up at four a.m. to go do his workout, but he makes it his anchor for his every for his week for his day. You know, he's got that anchor where every day or whatever days he goes to the gym, I assume he probably goes to the gym like eight days a week, um, that he wakes up at 4 a.m. every day and goes to the gym. That's his anchor. And then the rest of the day falls into place. And it's like, oh, yeah, it fucking like annoys me in a way because I'm like, fuck, that's like right. true. Right. You know, right. Like, create that anchor and that's a good thing. And then you have that to do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And then your day does fall into place after that because you know you've started your day like that. And he, he's doing it because he wants others to do it. I have a feeling right. they're doing it because they want you to know they're doing it. And that's right. I say right. Th thumbs that's down. That's the difference. And and you know, and I think a lot of that stems from this period, this fucking mm. reign of terror. Interesting. So she comes out, um, and let's see what happens from there. Uh, she hits the ring. She spears Sable. And heels, of course. Spear. An oh. atrocious spear. Well, she's in heels for maximum awkwardness. And uh, she mounts Sable and starts hitting her with punches. A-Train grabs Stephanie. Sable pulls her out by the leg. Um, no, he grabs Sable and pulls her out of the way, out of the ring. Now, I'd be li I, I won't lie. I do think that Stephanie and Sable is a dream match. 
but of a totally different kind. So, We're talking scissor fight. So, come on, ref. So, um, what, Sid and Arn Anderson? <laughs> yes, someone, one of those breast implants needs to be just gouged. Oh, oh my goodness. It's oh, um, awful. So, But it's true. So, Undertaker's match sets up a Stephanie McMahon high spot. We cut to Chris Jericho, um, and they have Coach voicing over what's happening for some reason. Coach, of all people. And then we cut to Coach, but actually he's with um, Leah and Gary. Who the hell were Leah and Gary? Oh, they were fans. Fans in the audience. Yeah, fucking jackass fans. Uh, Leah says, there's no doubt Goldberg's going to win. Her husband answers, the man, Goldberg. That's who he predicts to win the main event. And uh, great work from Jonathan Coachman (laughs) as we go to Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Just what we need. Todd Pettengill back. I, I I didn't hear, no. I didn't mention this before in the uh, in the first half, but I was like, is, I think it's curious and actually kind of cool in a way. Mm-hmm. If you were following the shit that they that that Goldberg and Jericho actually had a one on one match, given yeah. the whole yeah. WCW thing. I don't <laughs> know if that was referenced at all in Hardly. the in the build up. Right. I mean, well, because it was supposed to be uh, Gold- <clears throat> supposed to be Goldberg and Triple H on that show. Right. But he wasn't ready. So it was like a set afterthought. They didn't have any intent on making it a big deal. And they certainly didn't have an intent on, like, developing a storyline involving the WCW past, because that would be beyond the pale. So, uh, yeah. And uh, we get the the motion graphics for the Shane-Eric match. My God, they're bouncing all over the screen and on top of each other. It's just, it's Shane, you know, he bounces anyway. So his yeah. graphic is yeah. just bounce. I'm just so turned off. We get the I mean, package. I'm glad, I, I'm glad they got rid of that. That, oh, yeah. Um, the motion graphics. That was one of the worst things mm-hmm. they could have done. Yep. And uh, uh, JR and King say that this is one of the most personal matches in recent history. Okay, whatever. The package shows uh, Shane hitting Kane with a chair off the ramp through a table. Eric Bischoff saying, I'm to have you escorted from the building. And he steps to <clears> Eric Bischoff. Shane does. He says, I don't give a damn what my dad says or what you say. Austin comes out. Um, he makes the match Eric and Shane, no holds barred. Kane comes out. These are all clips from the weeks prior. Shane's beat him up in the dress shirt and jeans, of course. And uh, Taker tombstones him on the steps. Eric covers him. A busted nose. And JR, of course, because Shane busts everybody open with no consequence. Um, stiffs and uh, potatoes everybody. I, I don't remember this storyline at all. But goddamn, is it convoluted. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, they were going in the direction of Shane and Kane. And again, they made this last-minute decision to go Shane Eric, so they forced the Linda thing. It could have been a great tag team, Shane. <laughs> oh, fuck it. They would have done the classic mix-the-two-entrance themes together. Yes. Here comes the... Bar- <laughs> Here comes the money. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so they confront Eric. Um, he said, proud of the way you... Oh, my God. JR confronts Eric Bischoff and says... Are you proud of the way you set Kane up? <laughs> set Kane up to burn me alive? Yes. Jer says, "This is an unsafe working environment. I'm going to sue your ass, you bastard." And then Austin comes out. Jr. agrees he won't sue Eric if Eric agrees to face. Eric assumes um, it's it's uh, Shane. That was on an edition of Raw, but in fact, on that night he was booked to fight Kane. Eric yeah. lays down for Kane like he's going to cover him, but he gets choke slam lifted. But then he puts him down, Kane does, and Eric wins by countout because Kane leaves. Austin says the winner of Bischoff Kane was going to go to SummerSlam to face Shane McMahon. And so uh, it's going to be Shane and Eric now due to that outcome. And they show clips of Shane diving off of everything to get us excited about the yeah. potential of him diving again. Uh, they flash to Eric and Linda. That whole thing is 
pushed into the package here, um, talking about how that spoiled bastard Shane, that is, got WCW handed to him. And, uh, you know, see, boss, that, that that was a storyline that could have played out over time, and it was just a throwaway. Yeah. Like, yep. just this quick line to bridge a gap in a storyline. Yep. And there we go. Um, I'm back and better than ever, boss, here at mm-hmm. SummerSlam 2003. <laughs> I'm back and better than ever. <laughs> I love the Billy Holiday We're part. Making things better. Things better. Your opinion don't matter. I'm a maniac. on whomever. No crib for a I discovered who sings Eric Bischoff's theme song. What? His name is Jimmy Coons. I'm going to find Jimmy Coons. Among other studio recording projects, Oh my God. 2002 saw Jimmy appearing on the WWE Anthology 3-CD set singing the theme for Eric Bischoff entitled I'm Back, which is still being played at WWE matches. That's what it says. That's from his website. Okay. Okay, Jimmy. I hate to tell you, it's not. <laughs> this guy's a fucking... Look him up right now. Okay. He's 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 a trip. Jimmy Coons. Jimmy Coons. K U N E S. Jimmy and Jimmy Coons, my man. Oh my God! What the fuck is that? That looks like Klaus Nomi without the makeup. Wow! Oh, he looks like that. What the fuck? Jesus! This fucking guy. This fucking guy. He looks like that. He's he's that kind of guy that like, I mean he you can tell he just like is, he 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 obviously thinks he's better than he is number one right, he has struggled he thinks the next break is around the corner oh he exactly he's always he won't settle down in his life right right because he doesn't want to next big break is right around the corner can't get tied down do. can't get tied down nope, you never know nope, you're fifty eight nope. you're playing you know you're playing gigs in like Sheboygan here it's. You're John Candy in Home Alone. It's it's about enough. Um, um, he says uh, the anthology. Also, the anthology was a number one independent Billboard charting release. What was the uh, WWE anthology? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, when you hang your hat on, on the work you did for WWE, most of the announcers yeah. they hire and get rid of don't even put it on their resume because of how know, right? bad it looks. All right. Uh, Rich Ockberger, the super fan with the red hat on backwards, has a sign that says Bischoff got his black belt at Target, which I like. Eric gets the microphone. He says, Vince, there's a lot of things I don't get about you, but why the hell are you running all over the country eating hamburgers when you've got a hot, juicy, delicious filet mignon at home? What a classless, smarmy human being. Okay, first of all, he's talking about Linda because he fucked her, presumably, right? Um, yes. against her will, and that's a wrestling storyline because you wouldn't complain if another television show did that storyline. So No, it wouldn't. We're going to dare you to it'd, complain it'd about it. be okay our... if fucking... If fucking ER did it. Yep. You're all right with that. Huh? Now, he's going around the country eating hamburgers? I, mean, I guess I get it. I guess I get it. He's calling ring rats uh, hamburgers. Right, but see, the thing right, is, Vince right. isn't going around the country having sex with a lot of women. It's like he like two or three divas. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> well, I, I have sex every night. Okay. Doesn't matter who. Shouldn't have gone Doesn't matter there. when. That's right. Doesn't matter where. Does it matter how? <laughs> I will find something to penetrate. 
hard. Every time. Every time. So they say it's not a question of what happened, Eric says, in regards to the dalliance with Linda. He says it's a question of how many times it happened. And it happened again and again and again. And he says, Shane, now I know where you get all your energy. It's bred into your DNA. Jesus Christ. Here comes the money. Shane has had enough of this Forrest Gump teacher sweating after his time with Mrs. Gump routine. When he's talking about about Linda being a a filet mignon, he forgot to add that she's also tender, well-seasoned, and covered with sauce. (laughs) He did forget to say that. That's true. A filet mignon... (laughs) who can't get elected to Congress despite spending more than any other candidate in history. Uh, uh, um, J.R. earlier, when, when, when Bischoff was coming down, J.R. called Uncle Eric a classless, smarmy human being. What a classless, smarmy human being. Okay, there's one way to put it. Uh, when he's doing the whole... I, I, would add, I would add jackass to that with him wearing his fucking ninja garments. Right. And when he's salivating over his recollections of his time with Linda, again, all I can think of is the teacher in Forrest Gump. Your mom sure does love you, boy. (laughs) Remember that guy? Oh, The principal? Oh, I forgot that she fucked him. Yeah, you can hear it out the country house, echoing in the field. Forrest is sitting out there. Remember later he imitates the sound of his, his passionate heaving. Just yes. yes, Sally Field did what she had to do, apparently. So, oh my God! <clears throat> Shane McMahon versus Eric Bischoff. The time is now. Lawler asks Jr. if he thinks they bumped Uggs. Linda and Eric. Shane fire, and this is before Uggs were a shoe, by the way. <laughs> Shane fires off with punches into the corner, elbows and kicks. Shouts, "Come here!" Between shots. That's Shane. Punch. Come here. Punch. Come here. He's so intense. Except he's not an athlete. Well, he used to be, but he's not a wrestler, and he can't deal with it, so he throws punches that are real and connect hard. Cross-faced by Shane, up the aisle they go. Shane clotheslines Eric from behind and punts him stiff in the ribs. Big shot there. JR asks... Was, uh, was, was, was uh, Shane always as fit? I mean, he's, he's pretty fit, isn't he now? Yeah, yeah, he's all GH'd out, I'm sure. I'm sure he but got he's his fucking... hands on the products. But he always, like... But even then, I think didn't, he always wears the baggy clothes whenever he fucking wrestles. Yeah, he does. Yeah, because it, it's so weird, too. He was like, you know, when he came out with that physique for the Undertaker match at WrestleMania right. two years ago, he was still really self-conscious about pulling his shirt over his abs every time he'd fly through a table or something. It was very weird. Right. And he's all jacked, but I don't know. I don't he's, get it. I don't know if he was, I mean, I've always thought of him as being a little more flabby during this period, but yeah, during his attitude period, but I don't know. Yeah, this was the abitude period. <laughs> so, um, okay, where the hell were we? JR asks, how much more gas can Shane have at the tank? And uh, that's a good question. There's a gas shortage here, you know, he says. Shane yeah. shuffles, um, holds one hand high up in the air for Eric to look at, almost like a challenge for a test of strength. And when Eric looks at it, Shane sticks him with a jab with the other hand. That was kind of cool. Lawler speculates that Eric's plan is to hit Shane, um, hit Shane's hand with his face as many times <laughs> as he can. That's funny. And JR says Eric has gone up and down more times than a notice elevator at this point. Right. Then they do a deal <laughs> Then they do a deal where Shane is lording over Eric at ringside and just outside the left side frame, just outside the left side frame, a chair comes flying in and smacks Shane McMahon across the back. You see it's a chair, you don't know who swung it. They yep. take a beat, zoom out. 
and it's Jonathan Coachman holding the chair, boss. I don't get it. I remember that being a genuine surprise that I didn't see coming, which yeah, it, you can say that, but it doesn't always mean it's a good thing, you know, and this certainly didn't go anywhere, but it was... I, mean, I just don't think it's a good idea hmm. when you get announcers mm-hmm. involved in storylines. Oh, it never is. It never goes anywhere. It always, right. it always ends badly. Here's the problem with it. Here's the problem with, with, with doing that. At some point, yep. he's going to have to go back to his job. Yeah. It's like when Michael Cole, it took him a while. Remember he turned right. heel to feud with Lawler? It took him a while before it was like, okay, Michael Cole's, Michael Cole doesn't have you know was, goddamn Lyme was, disease anymore. When... The, the problem was with that, too, is that he'd have to take these moments where he'd have to be normal Michael Cole. Oh, my God. And sell something. Well, that's like when they had the bright idea that, like, no, Coachman's revolutionary. He'll be the first heel lead announcer ever. Because he's so fucking hated that they figured they could make him a heel and still keep him in the center chair. No, just send him off the ESPN, please. No, no, we'll do. We'll ask Steve Austin to literally job to Jonathan Coachman on a pay-per-view in two years and then wonder why Steve walks out again, which is precisely what they do. So, Coach is a heel now. Um, Let the clock begin on when we hit a dead end. But at the time, at the time it was well-received as a twist. Um, it was better than what they were doing with Coach. I mean, prior. it is. It is. Like, there, there's, there, it is. I, I won't lie that saying it's okay. It's always an, an interesting twist. It's like, you know, you see, if you see guys doing that. Mm-hmm. But then there needs to be, there's no out yeah. to that because. I think it was just received as a relief because there was such fear that they would actually insist on Coachman as being the new JR that regardless of how poorly he was doing and how much he was universally rejected, we were going to have to be asked to accept this guy. And when this happened, it was like, okay, they heard us and they're actually doing something with the fact that he's hated. They're finding a spot for him that doesn't Im- impose as much upon us. Joey as Styles. Him. Yeah. Joey Styles was always my favorite they, they, replacement they for They destroyed JR. him. They left I, him for dead. I know. Everyone hated him. I loved him. I loved him. No, I everyone loved him, but once they got him in the oh. chair and they programmed him and he couldn't hide and mask his contempt and frustration with, you know, the ways they were, you know, trying to basically shape him in their image and do all the corporate yeah. speak and everything. It's just, it's just what Michael Cole is right now. You got to say this. Michael Cole is the ultimate distillation of Vince McMahon's vision for a wrestling yeah. lead announcer. That's what yes, he sir. wants. And that's yes, what we're going to get forever. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Correct. Correct. Um, okay. So Charles yeah, Robinson is now. That, um, that video, that, that whole God, it's so telling and disappointing at the same time. What video? That of 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 Cole? Is it or is it some transcript or something? Of, I'm pretty sure it's a video. Yeah, they picked up okay. audio of him responding to Vince on the headset, Vince's direction. Yeah. yeah, and it's just so the fact that I don't know if he, I don't, but nobody calls you. Okay, the guy's been working for the company for 20 years. I know. I know. 20 years. And he's calling his boss, sir? It's creepy. It's absolutely creepy. I mean, that's just... That's weird and dark. Dark you know. I agree. I don't think that... I don't think that... Given the... I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but... If you I, if you need to be called sir by people who've worked for you for that long, I, it says a lot about you. 
you know, a guy who's been very loyal and done. Right. You know, I mean, I have my issues with Michael Cole, but I, I don't. You know, I think he. I think he. I think. I think he's a product of what he had to be to yes. do his job and keep yes. his job. But like, yeah. If, if I was if I was advising somebody if who, who had aspirations to be a WWE lead announcer one day, I would say pattern yourself after Michael Cole. Even you know, don't pattern yourself after the great announcers. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. You know, that's just not the ticket. I mean, just look at Morrow. Look at Jr. You, you think Gordon Soley, you know, would have gotten a day to be who he was? I mean, no. shit, even WCW put him out to pasture when, you know, Hurd took the helm. It's just, whatever. All right. So Charles Robinson starts calling for the bell after Coachman hits like Shane Bob with the chair. Potter to be the, uh, head, the lead announcer for, uh, for Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like he was. <laughs> but Eric grabs the mic away and says, there ain't going to be no bell. I just made this match a notice qualification. Pins falls count anywhere match. Tells Coach to introduce this piece of shit. He says shit. And I think they bleep it. <laughs> to those stairs. And so Coach launches Shane into the okay. steps. Eric's on the mic still. And since pinfalls count anywhere, he lays on Shane for the one-two and now, Shane kicks out. Is that is that Jonathan Col- Coachman or is that Carlton Banks from Freshman? Then? <laughs> dent, dent, dent. <laughs> it's not unusual to not be over. Coach... <laughs> Um, says he's not only a rich bastard, he's a tough rich bastard. He, no, this is Eric saying it to Coach uh, after he kicks out. He's a tough rich bastard. <clears throat> Shane is punching at Coach, gets thrown into the ring. Eric directing traffic. Coach holds Shane up prone. Eric says, since you're the greatest announcer in the history of sports entertainment, mm-hmm. tell the production truck to shut J.R. and King's mic off now. And then, sure enough, J.R. and King go silent on the broadcast. Crowd mm-hmm. boos, even though they couldn't hear J.R. and King's commentary right. anyway. They still take great offense. Coach gets the mic, says, JR, I got this one, thanks. Eric kicks Shane, and Jonathan Coachman does that passive-aggressive JR imitation that Ed Ferrara and all the rest of them have done. Oh, what a shot. That's a slobber knocker, blah, blah, blah. He holds Shane up again, another martial arts sidekick by Eric Bischoff. Shane's down, Shane's down, Shane's down. He's got the twang on it. The twang and the 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 three calls, yeah. Hilarious. Up again, spin kick by Eric. He says, you're stomping him like a government mule. Shane, Shane, Shane. And again to the face, Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff. <laughs> this time, Shane kicks free, though. Back elbows out on coach. DDT on Eric Bischoff. Coach then low blows Shane McMahon. And the glass shatters in Phoenix. Yep. Okay. Coach goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Cuts him off as he gets in the ring. Says, listen, I don't work for you. I work yeah. for Eric Bischoff. This I guess there was a, there was also a, uh, um, uh, Austin couldn't touch Coach yes. unless he was provoked. Yes. Yep, that's right. Physical um, provocation. Yes. I'm glad you reminded me of that because that plays into the, the heat here. Yeah. Um, he says to Austin, this is, a, and then it explains why Coachman can feel so emboldened in Austin's right. face. This is a case of mind over matter. I don't mind, and Stone Cold, you don't matter. This is a case of mind over matter. I don't mind, and Stone Cold, you don't matter. <laughs> First time anyone's ever said that to Stone Cold Steve Austin, I would I know, think. Right? Yeah, like, like, how... <laughs> I'm sorry. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the def- definition of mattering in wrestling. So <laughs> yes, there's nobody who there's nobody who's really you know in the modern age there's nobody who's mattered more. And as uh, Coachman is delivering these put downs, Austin is stroking his goatee the whole time, which is always great. Like, oh hell, this was you know as <laughs> as much as it was like you know. It, it, it it didn't do anything for Austin. I mean, obviously Austin was retired and whatever, but co GM. There, yeah, th- there was 
there was something funny about Austin being mm -hmm. an authority figure. Yes. Being on TV and getting to stun people left and right. And then, of course, I hated it at the time. But you but love it I, now. I've grown to love it. That fucking four by four. Yep. Jesus Christ. That is the, that is the goofiest <laughs> fucking thing I in know. the planet. It's like you ever you, you ever watch you ever watch Arrested Development? You ever watch Yes. You, you ever watch a little bit. It's fucking it's job coming in in that in yes. that fucking uh uh the Segway. Like riding him <laughs> on the Segway wherever he goes. Like it's that fucking funny. <laughs> and he needs a ride. Yeah. Austin needs a ride. And he's he's peeling out on it. So he's stroking <laughs> his goatee. Coach says, Don't forget, you can't touch me unless I physically provoke you, and I'm not touching you, waving his hands near his face. Shane then shoves Coach into Austin. Yep. So we're now legal. Austin drops that's him, right. stomps him, I peppers love, him with the I love that that's physical provocation. Yeah, someone else pushing you into him. Yes, that right. counts. Just, just being, it's just the idea of touching. Right. If I touch you, you've been provoked. <laughs> right. Yeah, no one can be touched without it equaling provocation in the eyes of the law. Austin goes nuts with stomps. Shane starts basically stomping him like it's a fight in a Derrick Queen parking lot. <laughs> Double whip on coach, Wait, double back elbow. Those, did you? Uh, no, no, that's um, that's an, that, they say that in MMA. Oh, all right. when when two go, when a guy goes really crazy on the, you know, with the punches mm -hmm. on the ground, they say it's a Derek Queen fight. That's a Joe Rogan line, I think. He, that's funny. Um, double whip on on Coachman and Austin and Shane pull their resources for the double back elbow. A little classic double teaming here. Austin tosses Coach out of the ring. Eric is laying with his head resting on the bottom strand of the rope. Austin gets the microphone. He says, "Turn the mics on for Jaron Lawler," and they do that. And then um, he tells Shane, it looks like you've got some business to finish. See you later. Crowd saying what the whole time. Shane uh, tells Austin to hold on. He kicks up Eric in the sleep, picks up Eric in a sleeper hold yeah. and uses Eric's hand to slap Austin. We've got more physical provocation That's in right. Phoenix. So he holds him in place. Stunner by Austin on Bischoff. Shane covers him one, two, but no, he pulls up. He doesn't want it that way. Shane wants more. The crowd starts chaining table. Jesus. And to the Spanish announce position goes Eric Bischoff, rearranging the furniture, lays Eric out on the table. The announcers rise to get out of Dodge. Shane jumps to the top rope in one motion, takes flight, and scores. That's for his mama. Yeah. The elbow to the That's heart, right. through the table. Shane covers Bischoff in the wreckage for the one, the two, Should and have been the an three. elbow to the balls. Yeah, that would have been nice. I'm sure he tried to aim. So Shane gets the cover on the floor. One, two, three. Ten minutes, 36 seconds. Shane McMahon defeats Eric Bischoff. Falls count anywhere at SummerSlam awesome. 2003. Austin stands in the ring with that with that classic gaping mouth laugh. I'm not closing uh, my mouth, son. Uh, uh. <laughs> There's nothing. There is nothing funnier than Austin's laugh, and he's just standing there, yes. mouth jaw to the floor, agape. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Shane did it again. Eric Bischoff is busted open. Right, and um, Stone Cold and Shane tap beers in the ring to Austin's music. Shane takes a bow at the top of the ramp, and that is that piece of business. To the back we go. Flair and Orton are talking to each other. Uh, Flair says it's Hunter. When he gets in the chamber, he walks into the dressing room as World Heavyweight Champ tonight. Randy says, Rick, I understand that I understand my jobs in the chamber, but what if there is no what if, Randy? And then Hunter walks in. There's no what if. Nope. This is going to be the greatest night in the game's life. <laughs> Well, I know Triple H is the game, Rick, but I'm going to talk no a but. little like this because we're in St. Louis, my hometown. <laughs> so Hunter no, walks in. 
We're in Phoenix. <laughs> I should know. I just got the I just got the, the Phoenix Seabreeze at the fucking Grand the the the, the fucking Motel Six. <laughs> so here comes Hunter. He walks in. He denies Randy adapt. So we're building already the 2004 yeah. SummerSlam turn where um. Great. Orton breaks out of the pack on, from Evolution and gets killed by his brethren for for doing that. And so uh, Triple H says, there is no what if, Randy. You got that? One thing to remember, I walk in with this, I walk out with this, of course referring to the title. Randy takes a long look at the belt, which is a, uh, a preferred WWE tease for a long-term storyline when a guy yeah. looks at the belt just a little too long and uh, says to Triple H, got it, man. Flair's cheesing him. And he says, is I got that... it. What? <laughs> Triple H's nose looks so much bigger when he doesn't have a beard. Oh, my God. He... You couldn't pick a worse look to try to carry yourself like Ric Flair. I know. You couldn't. It's like, well, uh, <laughs> Rick didn't have a beard. Uh, I'm not going to have a, a beard. Uh, he just, like... I didn't realize it at the time, but he put on so much fucking weight. Yep. Of course he did. He He's was so bloated. gassed. So gassed. And his face is so fucking fat that, like, it, he just, he looks, I don't know what he looks like, but he looks awful. <laughs> all right, so Tony Chimmel explains that all four men in this like Fatal 4-Way match. Donut with the nose is what he looks like. <laughs> First pinner sub wins the U.S. title. It's Fatal 4-Way action here. Benoit's music hits and I get a pit in my stomach. I know, right? Like seriously, if it was if it was weird to look out it, to look at him before, it is downright hard. Yep. After our deep look at his dark atrocities, and they uh, it's only... like, yikes. The announcer only says that Chris is from Edmonton, Alberta. They don't say Canada, which I thought was interesting. You don't know where, you don't know where that shit is. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, a few months before Vince decides to straight up say, Chris is from Atlanta, and Chris Jericho is from Man- Manhasset, New York. Because yeah. no longer can our baby faces actually hail from Canada. Isn't he actually from? Isn't wasn't wasn't Jericho born in New York? He was. His father yeah. was a New York Ranger. A uh, Ranger. <laughs> New York Ranger. Where the fuck does that come from? Uh, the Islanders. He was an Islander. Oh, the New York Rangers is a team. That's it's a hockey why. team. Yeah, it's a hockey team. Fuck. Yeah. I, I just had the Islanders logo in my head, and when I said Rangers, I thought I was saying the baseball team. Anyway, no, we're moving that's on. Texas Ranger. Thank you. Um, Cole says, partner, you and I are good, right? He says, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on with the raw side, but the announcers. So they're... they're Announces. Yeah. Interbrand ribbing. (laughs) Tajiri comes out. Rhino is out. He had... Rhino just turned on Benoit um, to allow Eddie Guerrero to win the resurrected U.S. title. Don't forget, the U.S. title had been merged with the Intercontinental title the year before in the brand split. And um, just the month before at Vengeance, they decoupled the U.S. title from the IC belt again. Well, don't forget too that the up until the spring of this year there had been no secondary titles. Oh my god, I know. Because in 2002 they were all gone. Mm-hmm. All we had were the world titles and the tag titles and the and the the women's titles. Title. Think of how many belts there are now. They went from thinking there should just be one belt on each brand to now every conceivable division having double belts. Mm-hmm. Plus the cruiserweight belt, of course, mm-hmm. um, and the UK belt, mm-hmm. and the NXT belts. 
So we lie, we cheat, we steal. It's the uh, Latino Chavito Heat version. So still kind of associated with the Chavo team at this point was Eddie Guerrero. It's just right. just beginning to take off for his signature singles run. I think Chavo was actually hurt, um, which is part of the reason the team fell off at the time. Um, he comes out in his low rider, which was, of course, a big thing for him when he started coming out yes. in that car. A neon and purple and orange number. Um, Cole even says it looks like a rainbow trout. Okay. That's nice. Eddie had beat Benoit to capture the U.S. title the month before Vengeance, and um, the title had been dormant since unified with the Intercontinental title in November of 2001. And uh, this is... Oh, right. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that. And then, yeah, they started to make the other... Yeah. Of course, Guerrero, a former U.S. champ in the WCW ranks as a um, mustachioed babyface. Mm-hmm. Um, and mul- mulleted babyface before he decided that before he realized that a wet, stringy mullet looks cool and a dry mullet makes you look like a 1970s babyface. <laughs> oh. So uh, this is Eddie at peak draw. I mean, um, just to, just for yeah. some data points, um, they had done a, um, a Eddie Guerrero to Jerry match on SmackDown several weeks before this, and saw the uh, rating of the quarter hour increase from 3.4 to 3.7 for Eddie. This after uh, Undertaker, this is the, this before an Undertaker John Cena match dropped mm. from 3.3 to 3.1. So Eddie was moving numbers at a time when the top guys were not even s- sustaining the audience. Um, and a Rhino versus Eddie Guerrero match bumped the quarter from 3.6 to 3.7. So they're starting to notice that people tune in specifically to see Eddie on SmackDown. And. Um, Originally, they were scheduled to do Matt Hardy versus Chris Benoit for the U.S. title, but it was changed, um, according to the Pro Wrestling Torch, when uh, Eddie Guerrero's um, numbers started looking strong and the character took off at the low rider. So, here we go. God, it makes it all so much more sad. Doesn't it? Well, I mean, that's that's the story with him. It's, it's like once they actually gave him the ball, he couldn't deal. He had killed himself so much just to get that point, yeah. to that point that when he got there, he's like, shit. How much more extreme can I make it to feel like I'm now justifying this decision, you know? Because I've already gone to the edges of my physical limits to even get this opportunity. Now, how do I carry myself as a champion? It was just, it destroyed him. They go to SmackDown last Thursday where Eddie nailed Benoit with the belt while Benoit had the cross face on Rhino. And then he turned on Rhino, who was his partner, and decked him with the belt. Then makes a why not face and nails to Jerry as well. So that sets up... This fatal four-way here at SummerSlam 2003, Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit versus Tajiri versus Rhino for the U.S. title. All lunge at Eddie early. Um, yes. As he uh, comes off the apron as the bell sounds. Uh, Benoit and Rhino take over um, early. They mix it up. Benoit pulls Rhino down to the cross face, but Eddie breaks it up and then gets out of Dodge. I love, I love this. So I great. love Eddie coming in to save the belt. And then running out of the ring right away. He does it a couple times. Tajiri oh. hits the kick on Rhino, slam, knee drop, in comes Benoit, one, two, yep. Eddie saves again and bolts. Yep. God, it's that's great. It's so funny. It's so great. Uh-huh. It's smart. It's it is. smart. Plus, it makes... should do. Yep. That was the thing about Eddie's, like, you know, heelish antics. They were smart. They actually yes. advantaged him. They didn't just make him out to be a chicken shit, you know? So uh, Rhino with the cover, Eddie breaks it up. This time, Chris catches Eddie with a huge body slam before he can break uh, break the hell out of there. Rhino drops him with the right hand. Tajiri with a spinning heel kick. Chop by Benoit. Tajiri covers Benoit, but uh, goes for the cover, but Benoit breaks it up. Cole says again uh, with, the, with the rules. He's obsessed with the rules. First man to pin wins. Taz actually gets fed up with him and goes, all right, okay, enough with the rules. He's actually <laughs> pissed that Cole keeps... I'm sure he's being told by Vince to do it, but whatever. 
explain Taz. the fucking rules. I don't even know what the fuck's going on. Taz says, I've been Make in a tornado. What's the word of the fucking rules? Who knows? And Cole getting kind of annoyed that Taz pushed back. Taz says, I've been in a tornado match. I know the rules. And Cole goes, yeah, how did you do? And Taz goes, I did all right. How did you do? Cole says, nothing. <laughs> That's the SmackDown announcer version of how's your territory doing. Right, right there. exactly. Rhino spears um, Eddie in the corner off a power slam, and Benoit breaks the cover up. Snap vertical by Benoit gets two. He, uh, a cool guy stands up in the front row with his WWE title draped over his shoulder. Oh, boy. Benoit with the back suplex on Tajiri. Like cover. You're not, dude, you're not getting a contract, okay? <laughs> Just stop. You're getting the opposite of a contract. Right. Benoit with the back suplex no on Tajiri. Cover one, two. Eddie breaks it up again. Eddie Chance breaking out here. They're light, mm-hmm. but they're very much there. And uh, there's, of course, a big Latino contingent in Phoenix, as the announcers point out. Eddie suplexes Benoit out of the ring. Tajiri hits a monkey flip on Eddie Guerrero. And uh, Eddie takes that classic bump. Nobody takes a monkey flip no. like Eddie Guerrero. No. Tilt a roll backbreak around Eddie. One, two. Rhino breaks it up. Rhino runs with Benoit lifted corner to corner and then gores him in the corner. Uh, Rhino perches Eddie on the top rope and climbs for a superplex and he scores off the middle rope, yes. rocking Guerrero. Uh, Tajiri then hits a handspring elbow on Benoit for two. It's broken up by Eddie once again. Rhino with a back suplex on Eddie for two. Business picking up here. Eddie with a tilt to roll head scissor sends Rhino to the floor with that luchador style, as Taz puts it. And he says Vato, I believe, as well. He says Vato. The, the the thing I don't like about this match, it, much like the many of WWE's multi man matches, is the is the focus on two guys at a time. Oh, of course, totally tired. It, stale. It, it's, Can't it's wait like, to see uh, Braun, Brock, Roman, and Joe do the same thing at SummerSlam. Like I can understand to a degree. Like, I mean, as much as I don't like it, I can I can understand the 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 three man mentality. Like, you know, you, you, you know, you can't have, but here you got four guys mm-hmm. There could all be just fighting, you know, like wrestlers could be on the floor, but why do they have to be out? Why can't they right. be fighting? And you just switch focus back and forth to the, to the two guys. Like, you know, it's, it's multi-man matches is something that, that WCW may, it did seem more real. Yeah, that's you know, true. It's it not like you have real. to do it this way at all. It, they, it's just how WWE insists on these matches playing out because right. of their obsession about what the the spotlight moments and matches have to look like and feel like. Right. I, I just I don't get it. Like it, you know, there are times where it seemed more organic, but yep. then, but like this, like there's there's no point in when you've got an even number of guys in a tornado style match. There's no reason to have guys not working. Mm-hmm. You know. I agree. Eddie goes to the knuckle lock on Benoit, walks the ropes, and flies off the top of the Hurricane Rana, getting two. Eddie hooks the lasso from El Paso, his submission, onto Jiri. Benoit pulls down Rhino in a crossface. Uh, Eddie goes bug out, like, what the hell? Um, it's like a tap-out sweepstakes. Who's going to get the other guy to tap first? Ref is checking in at eye level with both, going back and forth, seeing who's going to submit first. Jiri gets to the ropes. Eddie drop kicks Benoit to break up the uh, the crossface. Fucking uh, face. Near fall. Yes, to the face. Right in the fucking face. Benoit pulls down Eddie into the crossface. Rhino and Jiri break it up with stomps. Rhino with a huge spine buster onto Jiri for two. That's a... Mmm. I saw that. Uh, yeah. Main event. Uh, Someone's trying to make an impression. Spine buster. Uh... Big snap yeah, on the him, turn. Give him, give, him a, give him a title run. Maybe it can be you, game. What do you say? That was a shitty spine buster. <laughs> spine busters don't uh, 
belong uh, in the main event. Uh. Okay, whatever. The jury handspring hits Rhino on the apron. Benoit snatches the German suplex on the third attempt. He backdrops Eddie while holding the waist lock. Yes. Backdrops Eddie, and then Tajiri elbows out, switches. German suplex bridge by Tajiri. Fuck me hard. I mean, he fucking folds Benoit, and then he floats over and stacks up Benoit because he doesn't really hold the bridge well. One, two, not enough. One, two, not enough. The um, the 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 crowd roaring as uh, <laughs> as Benoit attempts the rolling Germans on Tajiri. Little did they know they were contributing to the downfall of Benoit's psyche. Tajiri with the tarantula on Benoit, the corner submission he used to do. Eddie in with the belt, but he gets gored. But Rhino sells the shoulder like he hit the belt while yes. doing it. Eddie um, hits the belt. Tajiri releases the tarantula. Um, Eddie goes up top. Tajiri cuts him off with a this kick. That sends him flying to the floor. Tajiri climbs up for the moonsault. Benoit trips up Tajiri, though. Ties him up in the tree of woe upside down in the corner. He climbs over Tajiri's knees, and he does a diving headbutt. On Crazy Rhino, shit. with Tajiri indisposed in the corner, yes. diving on Rhino, he covers. Taz goes. Did you hear it? No. You didn't hear it. What did he say? Taz goes. What ring psychology? Oh, he did not. On say, how did I miss that? The broadcast. He said it. Oh. Because Benoit has psychology, because Tajiri is tied up and can't move, oh. and Benoit jumps from the ropes after doing that and lands on on Rhino. It's psychology because it's a multiple person match, and Benoit's figuring out a way to tie it's everybody up. It's in the up. ring. It's in the ring. You know what's funny? I actually watched um, uh, I watched one of the hidden gems on the network. I watched the the dream match we'll never get of Batista versus Brock. Oh yeah, um, that happened in, at OVW, and someone talks about how <laughs> the, one of the announcers talks about how I think it's Brock has improved with his ring psychology. Oh my god, guys, guys! I mean, talk about breaking the fourth wall, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, I think what they do is they like they want to call they want to call a move that gives credit, no. you know, to the wrestler no. because. I know, I know, no. I know. It's a, <laughs> they just don't know any of the word for it. Like Gorilla Monsoon, not to, not that he's a great announcer, but he would have commended someone's ring psychology by actually saying, "What a smart move by that wrestler." Right. That makes sense if wrestling were real that he would do right, that. You can't say wrestler and you can't say smart. We'll just say ring psychology to someone. You got to say, you got to, you got to, yeah, you got to say, you got to talk about ring psychosis. He's not even, he's not even on the show. I, I, I don't even think they had brought him in yet. Who? Psychosis. <laughs> Remember they, they made him a lawnmower guy with Super Crazy? Because Mexicans mow lawns. Remember that? Oh, God. That's just we a decade ago. We're going to play up Mexican heritage. Jesus. Mow lawns, search for work outside of the Home Depot. And in the ring. And in the ring. Search for work in the ring. Maybe you're searching for work... At Home Depot for in the ring. That's Mexican style. That's high flying stuff. I'm entertained. Okay, so Tajiri um, 
gets free from the tree of woe and flips over just in time to break up Benoit's pin attempt on Rhino off that great diving headbutt. Benoit then picks up Tajiri and power bombs him, but Tajiri with a hurricane Rana, and they both spill over the ropes. Um, Eddie goes up top, frog splash on the prone Rhino, picks up the pieces. One, two, and three. Eddie Guerrero beats Chris Benoit, Rhino, and Tajiri to retain the United States title. Ten minutes, 50 seconds at SummerSlam 2003. We, uh, we go to Shawn Michaels in a random stairway. Clipping on his chaps. And taping his wrists. Oh, fuck me. Why not do that in the locker room? Why in the random <laughs> I know. hallway? It needs privacy. Now, maybe he um, maybe he misbehaved on the road and broke the code of conduct and is forced to dress outside the locker room. That sounds like a... I think, I'm sure Benoit would have done that. Yeah. Fuck you. To Colin Taz. I'm going to take Col- it back to this past Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Cole sends us back to SmackDown to watch Brock Lesnar destroy Zach Gowan. They say on the lunatic fringe, so That's to speak. Right. Cole says that Lesnar is on the lunatic fringe. Got that, Dean? Brock Lesnar on the lunatic fringe... So to speak. This Vince McMahon preferred phrase coming to a Dean Ambrose near you. A Lesnar. Yeah. Like it makes no, it makes no sense describing Dean Ambrose and makes even less sense in the way Cole used it to describe Lesnar. He's on the lunatic fringe. It makes. You can be on the fringe. You can't be the fringe, which is what they say about Dean Ambrose, that he is the lunatic fringe. But you can't on the. On the fringe of lunacy makes sense. Yeah. But on the lunatic fringe, it's it it, is that sounds like a like a like a like something you put on your garment, a lunatic fringe. Hmm. You know, on your Western garment. That's one way to think. No, but it's still like fringe is just the outer the outer limits. I I understand that, but but the fringe of lunacy makes more sense than lunatic fringe. I I kind of get what you mean. Like it just but I think lunatic like a... fringe is actually a phrase that is used beyond Vince McMahon. Never heard it before. Well, apparently I heard it 14 years ago, but <laughs> I never heard it before fucking Dean Ambrose. Lesnar with a double... Sh- this is old clips. They show him double powerbombing Zach Gowan with fucking yes. Zach Gowan's mom watching. Smashes him in the head with a chair, blood all over the place. Gowan's There's just... nothing more gruesome than Lesnar oh. wiping Zach Gowan's blood on his own chest. It's a lot of blood. That's a lot to yeah. ask the mom to look at. I wish they I wish he'd I wish they they did blood now cuz I think that'd be I think that'd be more effective for Lesnar's current character. Yeah. Probably right. You know? Well, he, he does. He still does it. He just busts Randy open hard way at SummerSlam and acts like That's it was true. a mistake. That's how they get blood in his matches. Oh, fuck it. Come on, get the get the point of that elbow into the fucking forehead meat, boss. You fucker. Let's hear it. Boss. Make it real, not fake. Yes, work that head. Get that cut open. Slice that forehead. Fucker. God damn it. Let's make Randy Orton do that. Let's make Orton do that in exchange for giving him the belt at WrestleMania no matter what happens. That's right. F5 uh, into the post for Zach Gowan. He smashed him with a chair. Oh, man, so much blood. The mom hops the rail. Lesnar pushes Gowan off the stretcher as they're trying to get him out of there, moves his mom out of the way, and Lesnar gets some blood off the backboard that Gowan was strapped to and wipes it on his chest. Cole says Gowan got his leg broken, his only leg, in two places and was supposed to make his SummerSlam debut tonight against Matt Hardy, but won't. I don't know what that's about. How many guys were scheduled to face Matt Hardy, for God's sake? (laughs) How many guys were supposed to be on this show but ended up not? They show Hardy on Heat. Um, saying, you know, uh, you know, we don't really have the time for all these guys. Right. 
we got to cancel a lot of matches. I don't, I don't know who fucking booked this shit. I didn't. Of course I don't know not. what's going on in this company. I don't, I don't make decisions. I just, I rely on you people. I outsource. You know, I, uh... What do you do then, Vince? I don't know. Hmm. It's an existential crisis. <laughs> and Vince had nothing else to say. Very rare moment. <laughs> Hardy, uh, they show on Heat, Hardy saying, real wrestler. Periods. Yeah, he has those. A real wrestler competes if he's hurt or not, but not Zach the Novelty Act, he says. The ref raises Matt hand. Matt's hand is a winner by forfeit. And uh, that was what happened there. They go to a package. And pa- take it back to vengeance, because it's time for Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. Back at Vengeance, Kurt had defeated Brock and Big Show in a triple threat match to become champion. They go back to Angle's neck injury and his surgery after the match with Lesnar at WrestleMania 19 and clips from the best video they ever did, in my opinion, for a return, which was the Coldplay clocks, black and white, Kurt Angle recovering from that neck mm. surgery video uh, that, that had happened in June of 2003. Um, he beat him at Vengeance um, with an angle slam on Brock, actually, for the 1-2-3. Kurt says Brock was a genuine friend when he was in the hospital, recovering. They show clips of them laughing together. Kurt hugs him and thanks him. Brock kinda says... kind of weird. Yep. kind of weird. <laughs> Your clips are kind of weird. Brock says, you know what that belt means to me also. Challenges him for the rematch. So this whole rematch started off as babyface, babyface, and mutual respect. When Vince comes out and says, no rematch, you have to earn no. it. Damn right. Lesnar broaches the idea, maybe I'll just beat your ass, Vince, to earn it. He says, you're on. Vince puts it in a cage, angled special ref. Someone attacks Brock in the back before the match, so he comes in kind of concussed, and he's going to hit Vince with the F5, but he gets woozy and drops Vince and collapses. Vince uh, covers Kurt. Uh, no, slaps Kurt. Vince puts, uh, he puts the ankle lock on Vince, and then Lesnar nips up from his fainting spell and kills Angle and turns heel with the F5. There's something so funny. Like, I, you know, in the moment... This stuff is so effective. Mm-hmm. But think about what they decided to do to fuck with Kurt Angle. Yeah. They decided to have this whole match set up. Oh, it's always so true about. You know, when it, they're it, playing pretending. The oh. and, 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 you know, the, the pretending and the pretending and the pretending. It's like, well, let's. You know, think about that. that there, it's a lot of trouble to go through. In kayfabe terms, right? It's a lot of trouble to do. Like, you could have kicked his ass any time <laughs> and turned heel. Yes. You know? It's so true. And uh, especially in something so... I mean, but it's like... It's, 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 it's like... It's wrestling... This is wrestling. It's like the same yes. thing with... Um, I think of, of, of even good ones. Of good of good heel turns. Like, the, the horseman angle mm-hmm. at... Um, Halloween Havoc 95 where where Flair and Sting team up to take on Anderson and, and Pillman and, and like there's so much weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of of, of, of getting Sting to trust Flair and... And the beatings the horsemen take for the sake of holding up that fake idea. Right, right. Well, it's <laughs> when like it when Vince was the, whole, was, the, was the bigger power or whatever, the higher power. Right. It's like, what the fuck? Think about right. the atrocities that happened to his family that he just right. like... You know, stood around for. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to ask, can we please get Lesnar and Angle at Mania next year? Please. I think we're going to get want it. Angle and Triple H. I don't care. I want Angle and Lesnar. I want it at Hell in a Cell yep. with Lesnar hitting a shooting star press <laughs> on the top of the cell and then a- missing 
Angle doing a moonsault off the top of the cell, missing, and they both just kill each other with submission holds. Is this Here Comes the Pain, the video game? If it isn't happening. <laughs> It's so great. Nothing better than in a video game where you can fucking jump off the top of a building. And miss and then get up. Did you, did I ever, did you ever see that? Did yes. you ever see how you could fucking... Yes. Um, you brawl outside the outside, arena. You brawl outside of MSG. It's, MS, it's MSG. And you can go into Times Square and you fucking... <laughs> you can climb up to the, like, like three stories wow. and leap off and just die. At least you have to brawl out of the ring to Times Square. Do you remember the WCW video game that was entirely backstage? That was, um, you wasn't could, that? You could only fight in backstage atmosphere, so there was no was ring. It, they ended up making um, a pay-per-view out of it. Oh, Mayhem? Mayhem. Isn't that Mayhem? I think so. Mayhem was a video game. Yeah. So, yes, what else Sweet. happens? They say, has Brock made a deal with the devil when he turns on Kurt? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um... And he says, Kurt stopped being my friend when he took the title at Vengeance. And they show clips of him killing jabrones ahead of this match and a clip of Lesnar landing on his head in Seattle. Friendships born out of competitive competition ripped apart by greed. Well, they always are. Yes. That's how wrestling is. Mm -hmm. Yep. I had had designs on glory, and Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to put my, my designs aside for your sake. Lesnar's music hits Taz with his classic, Well, here comes the pain. Well, here comes the pain! They cut the lights for Brock's entrance. You know, he's wrong, actually. I want you to know that. Yeah. He's, he's wrong. Because the pain has been here all night <laughs> with his fucking commentary. Cole says Brock in recent weeks has morphed into a killing machine. And, uh... Just, just, just wait. Just wait a few years. We've already started. Wait 11 years and you'll see a fucking killing machine. Oh, my God. He's so awesome. And then, uh, unfortunately, the You Suck chants have already started during the Kurt Angle thing, even though he's a baby yeah. face. Um, well, it, it was, yeah. Cole yeah, tells that was in 02, so nothing you can do about that, I suppose. Right. But when he, he was a heel, and then we found that even right. when he comes back as a face, uber baby face after the next surgery. It's more important, it's more important that they sing with the song. Oh, my God. That's so dispiriting. It they, yeah. It's so depressing about wrestling fans. I know. Because they, they want to control the show. <laughs> Uh, Cole tells the story of the WrestleMania neck injury surgery, and Kurt will be damned if he's going to lose the title after accomplishing all that. So they come to the center of the ring, and Mike Kyoto administers instructions, just like this is a UFC fight. Okay. Lesnar tries to snatch the belt. I want a clean match, okay? Shake hands. They don't do it. There's a sign that re- that, that says, uh, the real Lesnar sucks. Right. This was a funny time. It was like, all these matches are WWE sports entertainment, but Brock right. and Kurt were somehow MMA. Right. I mean... I, I I don't I I don't like it when they do that right when they when they do that for specific matches I think that makes it right it it kind of reminds me that it's all fake yeah it makes you it know? forced it makes it like fraught no like if you're gonna do it do it for all the matches and exactly. I think it's fine I have no problem with with having the no but this is gonna be the, the match that's presented as a sport. This is right. going to be the match that's presented as comedy. This is the match that's presented as action adventure. This is the right. match that's presented as X game style high stunt. Is, it's like no, that's this not. This is the one that's that's going to be SVU rape, <laughs> the rape match. <laughs> the loser is the first one to get raped in the ring. Oh my god, I like this match. Forcible penetration on live TV. 
You ready for Brock versus Kurt for the first time yes. on the lapsed fan? Well, the second time. Oh, second time. <laughs> they lock up to the corner, clean break. Angle to the waist lock. Great waist lock takeover with big yes. elevation by yes. Kurt. Yes, High Pro- off the mat. Proving that he can really manage, um, mm-hmm. even on the larger Brock. To the front headlock, Cole listing the amateur credentials of both competitors as Lesnar switches to the hammerlock. Angle hits the standing switch, trip to a side headlock. Brock scrambles free and retreats to the ropes, and we get applause because these men are working chain style. I love that. I feel like I'm watching a ja- uh, uh, a match in Japan. Lock up Lesnar to the waist lock. But Kurt Angle laces the leg drop into a toehold, floats into a side headlock. Back up headlock takeover. Lesnar with a head scissor. Angle kicks free. Both men scramble up, and we have another stalemate and applause. Lock up Lesnar shoves down Angle, who takes the Ric Flair style bump. And Lesnar gloats at the power advantage he just demonstrated. Lock up, and again, Kurt goes for the ride off the powerhouse. Lesnar bouncing and smiling and mad-dogging Kurt. Kurt says, he, and then Brock says, you're too small to Kurt. <laughs> Tell that story. Angle to the waist lock, shoves Brock by the back of the neck, flips him off. Brock's eyes bugging out in anger. Angle playing the head games. And this is kind of cool because Angle, you know, had all of his great wrestling plaudits, including his gold medal at heavyweight. But yeah. was always like the most undersized heavyweight. Yeah. Ever, oh, yeah. You know, so it's like, it's totally acceptable that he could find a way to, to trump card the much larger Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Angle ducks, arm drag three times. Lesnar stumbles out of the ring. The um, It's funny, the the last one of those arm drags, Brock jumped a tad early. Oh, yeah. He jumped before Angle touched him. hooked the arm. Yeah. So Angle had to catch him and then bring him down. It was just kind of funny to see him up like that early like arm drags uh, coming better jump into the pool here right right (laughs) so lesnar gets out of the ring goes in between the announce tables slams a monitor down in frustration kicks the ring steps picks up the top half of the steps and he's going to toss him in the ring thinks better and throws him into the other stairs so it's going it's going crazy at ringside tony chimmel's freaking out um as is time there is something fun there is something fun as much as as much as badass indestructible lesnar is a great thing to watch there's something fun about Lesnar being a baby bitch. Right. Taking out those aggressions in a temper tantrum instead of like a, yes. a bulldoze. Yeah. Yeah. He can be a heel in that way. He, he has those qualities. Um, so, yeah, Chimmel and Heaton are freaking out. Lesnar's coming over to their area. He grabs the championship and starts walking up the ramp with it, holding it up. Hilarious. Angle runs behind him and Hilarious. nails him from behind. I mean, I love this idea. Like, if, like, <laughs> fuck you it. Won't be, you're not the champion. Right, <laughs> you're not the champion. You can't just walk out with the belt, dude. Like, <laughs> if you get counted out, you're you actually lose the match, and, your and chance. you don't get the belt. Right, but he's so pissed that he doesn't even think about it. He's, he's it. just going to leave with the belt. So Angle runs up behind him and hits him. And Lesnar, because this, you know, we got to turn the work rate up. Instead of just falling on his face in the aisle, he does a front flip because you've got to get an extra quarter of a star out of it. Yep, that's right. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, Brock, all the tickets are sold. There's no reason to try to sell a few more with the Selja. You never know. People walk, hey, did you, wait, wait, you smell something? Walking by the, uh, walking by. The talking stick candle talking arena. Stick talking arena. candle stick arena. I'm walking by the talking stick right now. I smell something. I smell work right. I smell, I smell Lesnar and Angle. You guys want to go in? Shit, I'm going to buy a ticket right now. <laughs> The talking candlestick. Also, you might know him from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Lesnar fires back, whips Angle into the apron. Angle kicks at the legs, goes into the barricade, 
Lesnar with a great mm-hmm. sell as he kicks his feet out yeah. from under him. Love that. Um, back in, Lesnar catches up to uh, Angle. Whip to the corner. Angle moves. Lesnar goes into the buckle. Belly to belly. Overhead release. Suplex by Kurt Angle. Kurt gets two. Oh, gets two. Taz says, you won't beat Lesnar with that move, but it will wear him down a little bit. That's yeah, right. Of course it will. Of course, uh, Taz sounding a little more like Andrew Dice Clay here. <laughs> a little bit. Not for nothing. Oh! Yeah. Kurt stomps Brock. Lesnar arm rings him um, and then lifts him into a gorilla press, walks around the fucking ring like Angle weighs two pounds and launches him over the ropes to the floor. The crowd starts chanting, holy shit. It's not what you expected Brock to do. And um, Cole Cole calls him a lunatic fringe again. mm -hmm. I think he actually calls him a lunatic fringe instead of being on a lunatic fringe. It's so awesome how Brock would just explode (laughs) through all the technical stuff when he was getting beat, you know? Yep. It's just like, yep. well, fuck this. You know, I thought I could match your wits in the wrestling mat, but if since I can't, I'm yep. going to pick you up and throw you out of the ring. You. Yes. I'm going to dump you and throw you hard. Oh, he could hold his own in the catch sketch so can. Good. I was, I was going to say, he could hold his own in the catch sketch can, but God help you if you edged him out in that department. Oh, yeah. Boy, you get destroyed. Um, Vince must have been so fucking frustrated that he couldn't paste somebody with lunatic fringe. <laughs> In 2003, I, I really want Lesnar to be considered the lunatic fringe. I want to, I want to make him that. That's his new gimmick, the lunatic fringe. It says it again. Why isn't it working? Yes. Why is Why anyone won't repeating? Except the lunatic fringe, Brock Lesnar. The fuck. <laughs> the fuck. He's pissed. Lesnar whips Kurt into the steps, stands on Kurt's throat, rolls him back in. Belly to belly overhead release doesn't leave his feet. Doesn't leave his feet. Yet angle soars that over the top of his head. How is that? Is how a crazy? I mean, that's all angle. Yeah, but like fucking hey, that is a crazy maneuver to watch. You know, if you don't remember this, picture this. Okay, when you do a belly to belly overhead release suplex, you fall back and your opponent sails over your head. Lesnar stood tall. And picked Angle up over the top of his head, yep. standing completely yep. upright, and never fell backward. Nope. Fuck. Dumped him. I mean, it's like it's basically a, a it's kind of like a back body drop without the momentum of the ropes. So dangerous. You know? So dangerous it's, too. Oh, I know. Like if Angle lands, lands on his forehead, if he doesn't rotate right, it's, like you said, it's all him. It's all yep. up to him. I mean, I'm sure Brock has like the most strength anyone could in helping that move, but you just can't generate yep. that much help if you're going to stand still like that. Jesus. So um, he tries to cover Angle twice, but he kicks out both times. Lesnar tries a gorilla press slam, but Angle drops down into the O'Connor roll for two. Yep. Angle then charges right into a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker by Brock for two. Devastating. Cole calls this a long-awaited rematch. Hasn't even been six months. Not even close. How is this a long-awaited rematch? Brock tried to get the rear naked choke going with one hook in to the body scissors. Brock squeezing with his eyes bugged out with a leg scissor on Angle's body. Grabs a leg for a pinning predicament. Gets two. Angle chants as Brock works the scissors on the mat. Yeah. To the sleeper Cole, hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, Cole, um, Cole shares uh, that Brock's training regimen has been well documented. And he says that Brock runs with logs on his shoulders, which is, I think, pretty badass. Then he continues by saying, Brock Lesnar climbs stairs. It's been well documented, the training regimen of, of Brock Lesnar. The miles he runs every day with big old logs on his shoulders. Brock Lesnar climbing stairs. 
This was my grandmother. I'm, like, wait, like, doesn't everybody climb stairs? <laughs> There's no other way to get up them. I mean, I climb stairs every fucking day in my house. My stairs are the only thing I climb. I, <laughs> like, I, I get. I'm sure it's some like crazy ass stair thing, but I'm like, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say like right, he climbs right. like he climbs like a hundred stairs every day. He just right, says right, and he. Brock Lesnar climbs stairs. And he eats cereal in the morning. That's right. This motherfucking animal. And for... He has cream of wheat. <laughs> so, yes. To the sleeper hold, they stand back up. Back elbow from angle to break. Right hands. Angle hits the ropes, but he's nailed with the knee to the gut by Brock yeah. Lesnar. Lesnar then does the front back breaker. Corner stomps. Cole says Brock runs... Okay, there it is. Does the front back kick that time? <laughs> yeah, that time. And this time, Angle gets up, starts firing right hands out of the corner, grabs a schoolboy roll-up for two, back up, Lesnar mows him down with a clothesline. Angle uh, extinguishing the flame when Angle tries to make mm-hmm. these comebacks. Brock hooks him with a muscle buster position, but locks his hands, so he's kind of holding Kurt above his head like a torture rack almost yes. for a second, except yes. with his hands locked. Picture Luger oh. doing the torture rack, but then clasping his hands together and folding the body in tight. Well, it, it, it's 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 basically a stalling fisherman's buster. It is, it is. Except he's across the shoulders instead of in yeah. the fisherman's position, and um and then he just falls backwards like timber and slams Angle down to the mat for two. Cool spot. Has calls it just a high cradle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got a high cradle. <laughs> Everyone knows that as the high cradle. Yeah, because you see that all the time in the amateur mats. Like I lift right. another fucking guy over his head for twenty five seconds. Jackass, Taz, fuck <laughs> up and die. Brock drives shoulders in the corner, bear hug in the corner, angles biting him to break free. Brock knocks him down, drives him with a shoulder into the corner, drives more shoulders in, those big, thick deltoids, Taz says. Yes. Corner to corner goes Kurt. Sidesteps and Brock hits his shoulder into the post, collapses, clutching his shoulder. Angle charges with his shoulder and blocks with big impact. Uh, drop, uh, Drop kicks the back of Brock's knee and takes him out. Crowd applauds that strategy. Right hands. Brock with a knee off the Irish whip. Angle hits the flying forearm, though. Yep. Ducks a right hand, does uh, Angle. German suplex, maintains, hits two Germans. Brock selling his shoulder on impact, and then he hits the third and gets two, does Kurt Angle. Three German suplexes at SummerSlam mm. 2003. Back up, Irish whip. Brock counters, holds on, yep. and launches Angle with an overhead yes. belly to belly. Release. This time he falls down with him. The same way you'd do a fucking turkey toss, just launches him across the the, the field, and then Angle um, tries an angle slam, hits a boot, tries an angle slam, but Brock lands behind him, shoves off Angle, and plants him with a spine buster for two. These guys are just reversing. You know, God. Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar can't do a real spine buster. Yes. He simulates... Busting spines. This was the fucking golden age of the spine buster here in 2003. No, was this the sixth one on the show, and we haven't gotten a where, Triple H yet? This is where, this is where it got into be that that thing where we fucking said like, oh, it must be a a requirement to work main event style. You got to do a spine buster, <laughs> right? Absolutely, it was. Everyone did it. Um, okay, this is the fuck me point, boss. Oh. Because I've said this before, and I'll say it again. There is nothing more thrilling watching wrestling with you than when Angle counters another person's finisher and finds the ankle lock in transition. Yes. Yes. There's something about it that just brings something out of you. What is it? Why is it so much more exciting than other spots when Angle does the ankle lock out of a F5? Well, that's not this one yet, though. That's not this one yet. That's later. Oh, this is the DDT. This is the DDT, which is equally 
Yeah, you can Phenomenal. go that too. Yeah, Brock's okay. Just quickly, but, Brock but, snatches Angle for the F five, yeah. and in rotating him, Angle actually catches a DDT while swinging I mean, around. It is a, it is a picture. Fuck. fuck. Perfect. Yes. DDT. Okay, like it is. Jesus. It is so glorious. <laughs> I mean, because you know, such a smart counter remember, to the F five. I don't remember how, and it's funny because I don't remember anyone. I mean, obviously, I actually, I don't, I know why I don't remember. I know. Because I hadn't, I haven't seen this match until I watched it for this show. So, um, but I, I, I was surprised that someone did it before Eddie did it. Yes. And but the way that Angle swings around with the F five, and he's able to clutch Lesnar's head and drive him to the mat, and it's so smooth. Yep. And it's so glorious. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter that it is so smooth because you know I expect wrestling. Mm-hmm. If this was real, I'd, I'd expect. It to be clunky and awkward, but I I think it's so amazing. This it's 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 I mean you know what it's fucking ballet. That's how fucking classy it is. Oh my god, this move it's so perfect. Oh, ankle slow to cover hooks one two, but Lesnar gets the shoulder up off that magnificent counter. Angle drops the straps. He's primed um, to strike. He goes for the angle slam. He lifts and him. drops Lesnar with the ankle slam. Yes. Cover one, two. Lesnar barely lifts the shoulder, but we continue. Taz, uh, 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 Taz, uh, this prompts Taz to say, you gotta take your hat off to Brock. And he repeats, you gotta. Wow! I'll tell you what, like him or not, you gotta take your hat off to Lesnar. You gotta. Everything that comes out of fucking Taz's mouth is fiction. Sounds like (laughs) fiction. It's all fraud. (laughs) Angle brings the straps back up now, which was a first. (laughs) And then screams, this is what I'm talking about, and then drops him again. <laughs> I remember when he started doing that. It was so funny. It's like he goes from being – it's like it's like, it's like like the he's teasing the crowd that his intensity level is going to get lowered now. I'm putting my straps back on. My intensity level is getting back to normal. No, fuck it. I'm going to keep him down and be intense. Right. Right. Now, fuck it. In fact, it makes me so intense to drop them that I'll have to bring them up to drop them again to get intense right. again. And then he dro- locks in the ankle lock after he does it. Cole yes. wants to um, Cole, Cole wants uh, Kurt Angle to avenge what Brock did to Zach Gowan's leg here. As Lesnar touches the ropes, Angle drags yes. him to the center. Lesnar does a forward roll, and Angle goes flying and cracks his heads with referee Mike Kyoto. Referee down. Angle charges, leaps into a reverse triangle, almost on Angle's back. Uh, on Lesnar's back, pardon. Angle somehow locks in a front leg back, upside down, reverse figure four sleeper, that time fan. That time, right, it really is. Okay, it's hard to explain, but if you've ever seen um, a famous finish of a match in Bellator uh, MMA between Toby Amata and Jorge Masvidal, you've seen this, you know, you could do a triangle like Undertaker pretends to do, off your back and wrap the guy's head, but you can also do it by climbing onto his back and having basically your your face near his ass and your legs still wrapped around his head, but he's standing up. And that's, that happened in MMA, and the guy it's collapsed ridiculous. from a standing position because he passed out. It was spectacular. Wow. So Angle's also holding, hugging uh, Lesnar's waist. Now, the crowd has no idea what the fuck this is. I mean, they barely know the regular triangle in 2003, right. let alone this version. But um, they go for it, and uh, Brock's standing there with Kurt hanging on his body. Yeah. And he's got it. He's got it locked in. And uh, Taz, by the way, calls it a leg submission hold on Lesnar, so he's really clued into what's going on. Brock sells like he's going to fall asleep. Crowd's basically laughing at it because it's such a weird position. Yeah. Brock then drops to a knee. Angle relinquishes the hold and then makes a lightning quick shift to the ankle. Yes, he does. 
but Lesnar gets the ropes. No ref. Angle still drags Lesnar to the center. Brock oh. gets the ropes again. Angle wrenching it despite him being in the ropes. Pulls him to the center. Lesnar begins tapping and the crowd pops. Yep. He rises. Yep. Wait a minute, Cole says. Vince is in the ring. He smashes Kurt Angle in the back with a chair. Boos break he's out. wearing that fucking ridiculous shirt. Oh, yeah, the Hawaiian shirt. I cannot... I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Why? Don't know. Don't, can't, don't have an answer for I've you. I've never seen him... I have never... Except when he's wrestling. Yeah. I have never seen him wear more casual clothing. Like, not only is... Like, it's this weird patterned shirt, short sleeve untucked mm -hmm. like i don't I, I i don't get it this is bizarre vince me. makes a great face after he hits angle with a chair though like what what's a, what what happened he's innocent asshole chance breakout lesnar rises vince is pumping up lesnar lesnar limps yes. over boot selling yes. the leg and he lifts kurt angle and motherfucker selling the leg from the ankle yep. Hits a one-legged F5 at SummerSlam 2003. Look at that. That's his, that's his tribute to Zach Gowan right there. That's like your, that's psychology. Yeah. So Lesnar's ankle's I, bad. And bravo to Brock fucking selling the leg like that. That's fucking nuts. So smart. And he gets him up on yep. the F5 on the shoulders and still hopping on one leg has enough yep. to launch Angle into orbit and plants him with the F5. Great stuff. Mm -hmm. Taz, that's when you scream ring psychology, by the way. Yeah, right. Vince is screaming, <laughs> do your job, as Brock covers him. One, two, no... Angle kicks out at the last split second. We continue, and now we're getting Brock into classic territory. Brock mouths, what the fuck? Yes, he does. Great stuff. Vince uh, is stunned, stiff. He gets vengeful then. His eyes widen, and he grits his teeth. And he tells Brock, come on, nodding his head with his yep. big eyes. Give it yep. to him again. Lesnar takes off his elbow pads, limps over, grabs another F5 lift. And as he twists, oh. Angle lands on his feet. Yes. Back heel trips Brock. There's... And locks in the ankle. It's just like because this is what it is. This is this is yes. what makes it so exciting. Is because just when you think mm -hmm. Angle can't get any smarter, he does something that is totally unexpected. Yes. And he's ready. I popped for this. Huge. Yes, you did. Happened. Yes. I mean that's not you know, that's that's not mince words here. I I fucking I go nuts for Angle doing this shit. Like, and it's funny. It's the stuff that John Cena tries to do. Yeah, I know. You know, like when yep. he gets backdropped, but he kind of climbs his way down. And da, da, da. But Angle does it because he's like, he's fluid and he's yes. fast. And he knows what looks not only real. He knows what looks good. And he knows how to make what looks good look real. Mm -hmm. Correct. And there is nothing more exciting than Angle getting the ankle lock out of nowhere. Yes. Because there's, I, I, I think I'm safe in saying this, there is not a wrestler in the world who could make it more surprising <laughs> yes. and more exciting. Not even Benoit. Nope. Not even Benoit. Because the difference between Benoit and Angle is Angle's got more showmanship. Yep. He's much more of a showman than Benoit. And that... And while Benoit's technical expertise is so – is brilliant in the way he can kind of figure it out, Angle had a way to make it more exciting. Not that Benoit didn't, didn't make it exciting, but Angle could make it more exciting. Yeah, yeah. It was much more of like a like a technical flourish from Benoit where Angle yeah. – it was like a high spot that he countered right, right. With, a, with an ankle lock, you know. So he's got it locked in. Lesnar gets the oh. ropes. Angle drags him to the center. Nope. 
gets the ropes again dragged to the center, and again. Vince running all over the outside, screaming at him, telling him to roll through. Lesnar taps, taps, taps in Vince's face. Vince walks away like he just saw someone get shot. Referee saw the tap. The match is over. Brock taps to Kurt in 20 minutes and 48 seconds. A classic at SummerSlam 2003. Angle retains the WWE Championship, boss. Fuck me. That's what's up. Two, two clean, yep, two, two months in a row of clean, of clean, um, uh, jobs to, to Kurt. It's phenomenal. Yes. Yes. Um, I, um, the only thing that really tainted this match is, is Vince. I know. And exactly. I don't think Vince, I don't think Vince would have, I, I, I think I, I'm okay with the relationship with mm-hmm. this thing. Um, but what I didn't like, I think it would have been better if Vince had come down with, I would it wouldn't have been so jarring, and therefore take away from the match if Vince had been there the whole time. Just a straight up manager, like Paul if he Hayman. came out, it was in his corner the whole time. I think that would have been better when he interfered. I would have been more accepting of that. But when he runs Hayman out, it nah. sends the signal that they don't think these two doing their thing in the ring right. is enough. Right. That it needs extra sizzle. And it's like, no, you're wrong. Like, you're taking away from it now because what was special was how great it was that it was just two yes. guys going at it. That's attitude era screw job oh, fuck. mentality. Which it's is so lame. Yeah. Cole, Michael Cole says, I promise I wouldn't play cheerleader, but good for you, Kurt Angle. You got everything you deserve tonight. Angle's leading the crowd and you suck, Chance. Poor guy. That's all he can do. Vince in with a chair. Angle moves out of the way. Vince kind of lands on his ass. Kurt stumps, stops him, sets up a chair. And then Vince takes the angle slam on the folded-out chair. Happy I birthday, mean, Michael. Hey, says. go for... Uh, I mean, that's, maybe that's why Vince was, uh, was uh, wearing a short-sleeve shirt. He decided to dress down for his birthday. Yeah, yeah, and he was going for the ride. Cup but that was a crazy-ass fucking bump to take. It was. It was, right in the steel. They cut to Goldberg in the back with iPod buds in, shadowboxing, hitting himself and making noises. They cut to uh, wacky inflatables next I to mean, the American the, West Arena. You know, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with him. Yeah, I know. Shadow boxing because you know what? He shadow boxes. First of all, he looks intense. He doesn't look like a goof. Mm-hmm. And it's been the shadow boxing thing has been part of his entrance and his character forever. Yeah. And so it like works for him. But, yeah. If you don't look like a pretender when you do it, it's fine. But if you do, it's annoying. But like, Undertaker's such a I fucking know. failure. It's just so. it's just annoying that he decided one day that he was going to be a real fighter. It's just annoying because it just wasn't yeah. it wasn't what brought him to the dance. And it's like nobody cares if you like MMA yeah. or think you're an MMA fighter. Like stop, stop trying to be part of something and making yeah. us sit through it. Yeah. Uh, they cut to the uh, the wacky inflatables outside the America West Arena. It's still daylight in Phoenix at this point. Um, well, yeah, it would have been a five five or six p.m. show start. There's some uh, Arizona Diamondbacks players in attendance. We see them. And then we see the winner of the first Raw Diva search. Oh, I forgot about this. I didn't. I didn't even remember this at all. Well, it was Jamie, just online. It wasn't on TV. Right. It wasn't. And also, you didn't get a contract. Right. Um, Jamie Kep. Kopi. Kopi. Something like that. K O E P P E. Yeah, I looked her up. Um, yep. Always curious about these random people. Jamie was indeed. The first, the winner of the first ever WWE Diva search. Her win was mainly due to her highly organized online based fan page. That's what it was. It was a fan vote. Yeah. Maintained by her manager. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, unlike those that followed, the first WWE Diva Search competition was a live internet contest, but there was never a contract involved. However, she did receive a photo shoot in the November 2003 edition of WWE Raw magazine, as well as extra publicity, which helped her jumpstart her career in the modeling industry. In 2005, Jamie announced on her official website that she had retired from the fitness modeling industry in order to focus on her personal life. She models part-time in Canada and is also a full-time personal trainer. For unknown reasons, hmm. her official website has been idle for years. The reason for Jamie's retirement is officially unknown. However, there has been speculation that she broke a few too many contracts and had been blacklisted. Now, those are the stories I like to hear. <laughs> I like to hear when they fuck up. That's the best part. I'm waiting for dirt, I know. and I got I it. I want more dirt. I want the real dirt on Janie Kiyoipi. So there's your first Diva Search winner, Canadian fitness model. And yeah. on, on, the, on the magazine tip, we're only a few months away from the launch of separate magazines for Raw right. and SmackDown. They did Raw and SmackDown. And then, the, and like, what, did, do, did, did the official WWE magazine just go away? Yes. Or do they have... Do they go complete fucking Bill After and WWE Magazine, Raw Magazine, SmackDown Magazine? No, they just had it was WWE and Raw, and then it became Raw and yeah. SmackDown. Okay, so you couldn't get Raw Magazine anymore either. To a package, uh, they go back to Kane losing his mask earlier that summer. Uh, actually, I thought you know what's funny about that. I thought that wasn't it. Two thousand two. Yeah, it was. I thought it was. They turned the clock way back on this Kane run when he goes nuts for some reason. Um, RVD was watching on what, when that happened, when the mask, when Kane lost his mask to uh, Triple H on Raw. And look at me, I'm a monster. He chokeslammed RVD at that point. RVD says, it was my idea to take it off. You do not need it. They're laughing at me, he says, and he goes on the warpath. Jr. says, he needs to feel pain. Yes. And so they're burning him, and he's screaming. So does the last fan solar system. <laughs> he throws uh, Rob Van Dam through a false wall on Raw one week. Linda went on house arrest, does not prevent Kane from going... Oh. To work on her. Since when? Yeah. I know. When is that? They said that Kane, even though he was on house arrest because of the crime he committed against JR, he was allowed to go to work. Like, you know, you get work release when you're on house arrest. Yeah, I don't, I've never, I mean, maybe that's true. I don't know much about house arrest. It's funny how they didn't consider the assault on Linda a probation violation, however. Um, They didn't go back to court, to actual jail for doing that at work. Right, right. Um. So and then he throws RVD into the entrance wall and the sparks fly like he threw him through the screen. Linda takes the tombstone. Shane knocks him off the stage. Kane kills Shane with the tombstone on the steps. Opts out of chokeslamming Eric Bischoff. We saw this earlier. He says, you people wanted oh, it. Weird, I am sick. You're seeing, like, you're seeing some of the same shit from... It's, it's very bizarre. Yeah, it, it just pr- it proves that they were actually heading in the Shane-Kane direction and splintered it because the same clips are used to justify two matches. Kane screaming, you people wanted it. I'm sick of doing what other people want. RVD gets after him one week and misses a five-star into a chair. Kane ties him up, covers him in gas, lights the lighter, blows it off. He says, I'll do what I want, and screams in his face. That's it. Fink says, one fall, and I've just been informed this contest will be no holds barred between Kane Is is Russo booking the show? I didn't know. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Last-minute no holds barred stipulations when you realize you can't do a finish without uh, gimmicks. Kane, the pyro flames break out, quick pop gun, and uh, Kane comes out with a black towel stuck it's to like his head. Kane apparently got some uh, entrance advice from Taz. I know. JR says Kane is a. The thing is, Taz wore a towel, Kane wears a uh, face cloth on his head. Now, I gotta ask you, is that Kane or is that TJ DeSantis? 
Nice. JR says Kane is a product. Is um he calls him an inbred mongrel dog? I think he says yeah. <laughs> Out comes RVD, one of a kind. JR calls RVD the greatest WWE superstar to have never been WWE champion. You know, you know what really hurts Kane's maskless credibility? What's that? The air tunnel between his two front teeth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. It's Rob Van Dam versus Kane at SummerSlam 03. Kane clotheslines him hard. JR says RVD has to try to destroy Kane's verticality. <laughs> Easier said than done. Really? Is it JR? It might be the only example where that isn't true. It's it's actually easier done than said. Verticality? <laughs> Ver- verticality. <laughs> I think I've ever even heard that word. Right. So Kane hot shots RVD on the top, and he falls out of the ring. JR reflects on RVD and Kane, once being tag team champions. Uh, to the floor they go. RVD moonsaults off the wall and clips Kane. Educated feet get two speeds, JR says. Here they come, and there they go. There we go. Um, RVD posts Kane. Kane fishes a ladder out from under the ring and is dragging it in when RVD teeters it into his face. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I always like that spot. Yep, right over the ropes. JR says Kane's going to think he's at Home Depot here. There you go. Great. Uh, with the rolling thunder, but he's what, caught what by was, the throat. Can you remind me what the um, what was the assault on on Linda McMahon? What did he do to Linda? Yeah. What he, did Kane do to Linda? He tombstoned her on the ramp. Right. Okay. So Jr. talks about how he's healed from what Kane did to him. Yep. And he says, as bad as it was. It wasn't nearly as bad as what Kane did to Linda McMahon. Well, what he's done to me, I, I've healed. As much as I can. You can never forget that. And, yeah, what he, what he did to Linda McMahon. That was, that was uh, the hell with me. But what he did, Kane did to Linda McMahon was absolutely revolting. It was sickening. It was horrendous. So, I, I don't know here. I, 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 I don't know if tombstoning somebody on the ramp is as bad as setting somebody on fire. Right. Right. I mean, if tombstone, if tombstoning somebody is worse than lighting them on fire, then Kane has at least done worse to ten thousand more people than Jr. Right. Yeah. I mean, that means everybody's getting fucking worse than Jr. Like Jr. is at the bottom of the fucking barrel when it comes to that. Jr. gets no credit for getting lit on fire. <laughs> like, not only, not only that, he doesn't give himself credit for being lit. <laughs> JR, you gotta you gotta make sure that you push what he did to Linda as being more heinous than setting you on fire. In fact, setting setting you on fire helped you look better. Mm-hmm. You're a better hurt. looking guy because you got burns and scars. That's right. It didn't hurt. You're a fat, ugly bastard. Give it to him. All right. Now you fucking go out there. Yeah. And you tell the the, the viewing public. That what you, that what Kane did to you was nothing, and you're fine with it. <laughs> but what he did to Linda, I mean, fucking, that's a, that's atrocious. Yep. Because you don't deserve sympathy. I'm on it, boss. All right, Jr. You don't. A fat, faceless bitch like you does not deserve sympathy. I, you know, he's saying this. Jr. Trying to walk away. Picture that. All right, boss, I got it. You don't deserve sympathy. He's grabbing by the shirt. You don't deserve sympathy. You're fat, your face doesn't move, and you're from the South. 
You are fucking worthless. You deserve to be burned. All right, all right. Will you let go of my sleeve, please? He's trying to go. I got to go through Gorilla here. I'm going to burn you in the hotel, JR. <laughs> Screaming at him down the hallway. I'm going to fucking burn you, dude. <laughs> what? What? Did we just get a glimpse? Did we just get a glimpse into an unspoken truth about lapsed Vince? I just got dizzy when that happened. <laughs> That's a whole new frontier. Lapsed characters who, like, do their whole spiel, and then at the very end, sound like another character. <laughs> I get fucking dizzy. I think the postmodernists call that pastiche. You could be wrong. It's a very Brechtian practice we have going on here. <laughs> oh my god! Here comes a back Brechter coming up. All right. RVD tries Rolling Thunder, but or before a Brecht he breaker. could leap into the Brecht, the Hitman heart. <laughs> Someone, I think credit goes to it. Oh. Someone who hit us on Twitter or email for that one. Oh, someone, really? Someone oh said my that. God. Yeah. No. Some. You know what it was? It was somebody who was responding to the criticism, saying they don't they appreciate Brecht Hitman Heart. It may have been on the. Um... Oh my God, that's funny. So, all right. <laughs> Already does the Rolling Thunder, but before he can jump and splash Kane, he gets caught by the throat, and um, he kicks free though before he can go for the ride. Crossbody, both fly over the top of the floor. Jr. says, "What Kane did to me, I've healed as much as I can." Right. Linda was revolting. Yes. Oh, and she's healed. She's healed as well, by the way. You right. Uh, back in RVD um, with a step over spin kick on Kane, springboard rider kick, twisting leg drop for two. JR calls Kane a smelly monster. He's he's talking a lot about how he smells. Um, yeah, but it's weird talking about the stench. I don't get it. Yeah, who cares? RVD to the top rope, shoved off. Top half of the stairs, still leaned on its side against the wall, and he hits that on the way down. Kane grabs a ladder, spears Arvidi with it, almost beheaded him, as JR puts it. JR says, Kane needs to be institutionalized. <laughs> and then, whoa, all of a sudden, the fucking WrestleMania 20 logo peels what? peels off the top left corner of our screen. It's, it's creeping like a, in. It's like, it's like a creepy pervert saying, hi. Uh, <laughs> yes. The subliminal then, campaign begins. And then it just goes away without even a mention from anybody. That was the WrestleMania 20 marketing plan. Oh, my God. That was the first year they hung the WrestleMania logo from the rafters like three months before the show. Right. Even but, be- like, I don't, I mean, it's so weird. It was so oh my weird. God. Like, at least mention it or something. Like, they act like they didn't see it. I know. I mean, the picture, you know? if you don't remember this, I mean, it was as if the top left of your screen was peeled back like the corner of a book page, and behind it was the WrestleMania yeah. 20 logo peeking at right, you. Right, right. Not a word said, and it just went away. Just kind of a little little seed planted in their yeah. mind that this is a big uh, WrestleMania coming up. Uh, JR uh, reminds us that during this match, anything goes. It, that includes the fans in attendance. <laughs> yeah, they definitely go to the bathroom. <laughs> JR says he'll never forget Kane in his face and the hot, stinking breath. He's going on about the stink again. Oh, my God. JR, fucking weird. You know, it's very uncomfortable. JR Carl calls RVD cat-like as he's knocked off the apron into the wall. <laughs> he goes, what an athlete! What an athlete! And Van Dam elevated, but he, look at the cat-like Van Dam. What an athlete. What an athlete landing on his feet.
Kane climbs the top, takes off all the way to the floor, but misses the clothesline and kind of bumps the wall, and his leg hits the ladder. RVD hits Kane with the ladder. JR says that Home Depot special ain't made of chocolate. Oh, my God. <laughs> he... <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> He's stop it. What a ladder made out of chocolate? Like what's he even talking about? <laughs> He's hungry is what it is. Yeah, apparently. Uh shit. He's got I mean, he a meat grilling right next to him. He can't eat it. Do you think Kane gets a chocolate ladder in his Easter basket? <laughs> Thanks, Ma. <laughs> Kane snatches R V D and plants him with a DDT on the damn fucking floor. And Van Dam, if there's one thing you can say about him is he knows how to yes. take a DDT. He knows how to sell a fucking DDT. I have a question. Why did they change um, Kane's hairstyle? From the big hanging off the back of his head thing? But he had like the big – well, first of all, he had the long hair forever. Yes. Um, then when time came to remove the mask, he suddenly had this fucking, you know, kind of choppy fro. Yeah, I don't know what that was. They got and rid of it in week two. It was they, gone. Like why couldn't he have been maskless Kane with – the, the long hair. I think. Well, I think the thing is, Kane's long hair was always built into the mask. I think that. His but he hair, had long. But but yeah. he had long hair before. Yeah, I don't know. Don't ask I me. Mean, he had. I love. I love the look. The day he took the mask off with that like blackened face and the, that hair that was like singed off. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was great. I mean, except I, except the poor guy had he, to go around life like that. Well, presumably he already did look like that. I mean, you know. He didn't grow that hair in a week. I don't know what to no, say. I, but I mean, I, I I think that his hair was long during this period. I think the I think the the yeah. the, the fake long hair has been a modern thing. I think he had because he certainly had that long hair when he was Diesel. Of course, you maybe I don't know. Maybe there's a possibility but, that he balded, kept it long, and cut it right before he took the mask off. I think that's what he did because I think he cut it because it was yeah. it was literally short. Yes. Within a week. Like, all of a sudden, his hair was much shorter when he took his mask off. I just never understood why. Yeah, I never understood what the point of that was. I would except... ask him that question. All right, I will. He's I'll, on the I'll campaign trail. You need to go down to Tennessee, to, you know, Tennessee get the answer. In okay. Knoxville, I think it is. Anyway, um, where were we in this match? Okay. Uh, Kane then picks up steps. Outside drops... DDT, yeah. Yep. He picks up the steps, but already hits him with a drop toe hold, so Kane kind of falls on the stairs. Something closer to groans from the ringside faithful on that attempt by Kane to fall into the steps. Kane then is drop-kicked over the wall and kicks a few fans' hands on the way over with no warning, so that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. RVD with a twisting leg drop across the wall from the apron. He goes over to the SmackDown table, grabs a chair, has it untangled from it, has a headset untangled from it first, back in the ring, and then he drops the chair and hits a running, spinning heel kick. He then picks up the chair, puts it on Kane, and then there's a rolling thunder on the chair on Kane. Yeah. Kane, though, sits up. RVD has a running drop kick while holding the chair into Kane's face. Out to the apron for the Van Terminator with the chair in hand. Uh, 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 JR calls that drop kick a Van Terminator as well. Right, he does, right. He doesn't yeah. save that for the coast-to-coast move. He just calls everything. So uh, Kane gets That's out of... he does with the chairs of Van Terminator. So Van Terminator, Van Terminator. No, no, all right. So <laughs> That's a good all right. <laughs> so he takes off for the Van Terminator, but Kane scrams out of the ring, and RVD ends up launching the chair into the cameraman, basically. Oof. Um Brutal. Taking the bump. So Lawler uh, clarifies that it missed because Jr. at first responds as if he actually scored with it. Well, because um, it doesn't. It, it's not clear. It looks like he. Yeah. It looks like he. He connected and and Kane sold it by leaving the ring like that. It was that intense. Like he rolled so, out. Yeah. I get that confusion. RVD comes off the apron with a crossbody. He's caught. Kane climbs the steps into the ring and drops RVD on them. 
No, not into the ring. He climbs onto the steps and yep. drops RVD with a shitty, exhausted tombstone. It's really bad. And rolls him back in the ring. Cover. One, two, three. Not a whole lot to write home about. It's over in no. 12 minutes and 49 seconds. Kane defeats Rob Van Dam at SummerSlam 2003. JR says uh, Kane's career deserves to go down in a burning misery. Sure, I agree. And uh, we cut to Eric Bischoff with a bag of ice to his bloody face. Terry Runnels comes in. She was Who? working. What? She was an interviewer. The horny little she-devil yep. is somehow still employed in 2003. Comes in, asks a question. Eric says, what are you, stupid, blonde, or both? Get out of here. So much for Terry. She runs into Linda, though. Linda's here. She runs away. She's, like, crying. Oh, yeah. She totally crying. crying. Totally broken down by Eric Bischoff's insults. Linda's fine now. Neck brace gone. She comes yep. in to Eric's room. Eric looks shook. M- Mrs. McMahon. He stumbles. He stutters. <laughs> he stutters like... He stutters like a little boy who just got caught reading his dad's porn. Yes. Linda, with a smirk, walks to Eric, hits an awful slap. Just the worst yeah. slap wrestling I've ever seen. She can't wrote, do anything Linda, Linda slaps Eric Bischoff as only Linda can. Oh, she's just ruining the business. Kind of just pushes the ice bag a little. That's all she right. does. Uh. So that's supposed to be the end of that. We cut to Triple H staring at his belt. Flair comes over, says, champ, he's, champ, you're the best wrestler the, alive. Hold on, hold on. Come on, fucker. He's in the back. Yes. Brooding over the champ. He, like, literally has got the belt. He's staring at it. He's cradling it. Let me ask you if any fucking boxing champion yeah. or if any UFC yeah. champion yeah. sits out in the back like a bitch <laughs> looking at their belt. <laughs> Like there have been some, but I take your point. I mean, you think they do it like that though? <sighs> Probably not. I mean, he looks like a complete jackass. He is a jackass. He is a bitch. <laughs> if it makes sense. <laughs> but fuck. Flirt comes over and says, "Champ, champ, you were the best wrestler alive today. You're gonna be fine. It's time to go. You're not saying goodbye to it. You're just gonna go out there and show." Show it to them for a short period of time. Yeah, I think Triple H wrote that script himself. Yeah. Cut to the Elimination Chamber, descending upon the ring with the foreboding music. Quick package. Uh, I wrote down when he tells, and then he tells uh, uh, Triple H he will not be losing the belt today. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Absolutely right. <laughs> Flair's got the script. Package back to MSG match in 02, the Chamber match. Yeah. They show Austin announcing it on August 4th. Triple H says, I lost. I spent the most, I spent 48 hours in a hospital bed and lost the belt. Back then, they show clips of him on oxygen from the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, he says, this year yeah. it's different. Evolution's going to make sure I walk out champion. Clips of them all beating on each other, including Jericho cutting Nash's hair as part of the build-up for the match. Now, now I just want to... So I know Kev went blonde for his role in The Punisher. Yes. But was there any explanation? But I didn't realize that he was... First, I didn't realize he was blonde before he left to do The Punisher. Mm-hmm. I was. also didn't realize he, he dyed his hair blonde... When it was still long. Yeah, for the match. The hair match, he came out blonde. Yeah. I don't... Like, did they explain why he was no. suddenly blonde? I mean, you know, he always... His hair was always lightened at times. Like, his hair... His hair went through so many phases of color. Yes. You know, it was so dark in, in his early WWE days and and when he went to WCW originally. But then all of a sudden became this kind of, like, sun-bleached brown mm-hmm. type color. Yep. And then... You know, it was very weird. Now, they didn't explain why he went blonde, but there was a fair amount of consternation 
when Jericho beat him in the hair match on Raw because he didn't shave his head. He didn't deliver. He just clipped it a little bit. And it was like, okay, right. Nash right. actually looks fine. So what was the heat there? He's got to go, you know, he's got to go do his... Look, I'm all about a hair gimmick in a match, but look, I got to go film this movie. Right. All right. I can't do bald. All right. If you're going to do it, you got to make it look good. Fucking Nash. Put that in my contract. Leave it up to Nash. Finding a way to lose a hair match and coming out like leveraging it for another payday. Yeah. And um, by the way, if you notice that the video packages on this show are pretty uninspired, kind of formulaic, kind of lazy. Yes. It was was probably because um, David Sahadi, who was kind of revered backstage as the real master Uh of the WWE video package, had just left the company and actually ended up going to TNA doing some excellent work for them. Yeah. That was a big story at the time. Uh, he'd had enough of working for WWE, could write his own check, went to TNA, and, and did some, some great stuff, creating like thematics for them and like interesting, great videos. So, uh, yeah, that, that was going on at the time. Uh, Fink says, it is now time. And then the evolution music hits, boss. Get the chopper on the Tron. Um, oh, that's right. With, with flair, with 80s hair flair. Yes. Um, Orton comes out first. Yep. However, according to the graphic, his name is... Evolution, Randy Orton. <laughs> Lawler says Orton is in there to make sure Triple H wins. JR thinks, I think you're damn wrong. He's got it in his blood to be the world's heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Nash out with his haircut. Yep. Big Daddy uh, on the singlet. Big Daddy, it says. Big. D- <laughs> oh, I am a Big Daddy. I got a kid. <laughs> I'm tall. Yep. Um, JR says that it's Nash's third Slams appearance, which is... Accurate in terms of in-ring competition. However, as we covered here on the Laps Fan, he was indeed Shawn Michaels' second at the oh Slams '93, Thank ten you. years prior to this. Thank so. you. Any um, other Adam are... Sandler movies he can put on his, his singlet? <laughs> Happy Madison next time. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Boy. I mean, Happy Gilmore. The Water Boy be good. Uh, Jr. This is this this is this is where I get so excited. Jr also calls Nash a veteran and a street fighter. Oh, my God. Help us. He is a veteran. How many more chances will he give to become the world's heavyweight champion? He's a street fighter. A street fighter? He can't even move. (laughs) Is he, I mean, is he comparing him to Blanca or M. Bison? I'm very confused. (laughs) Pretty much. And and just the uninspired Diesel remix music, just it's awful. Bah, it's really bad. Oh my god! And it's just Kevin Nash on the screen. It's like what? What is he doing? He back here. Kevin Nash, dude, go tear a quad and leave us all alone. Game next. He comes out with the bicycle shorts. Jr. mentions the torn groin muscle. It's so weird. He does the water spit facing the open door of the cage. JR makes mention that SummerSlam has not been good to Triple H. He hasn't won in this event since 1998. It's a five-year drought. Neither has wrestling, actually. (laughs) Goldberg gets that locker room walk entrance. Healthy Goldberg chants from the Phoenix Faithful. Yeah. Also, he comes out to his old music, which I could have sworn was already replaced by this time. Wow. Good call. I could have sworn that by Backlash, when he faces The Rock, they changed the music already. This one really got me. I mean, we're in 2003. JR yeah. just referenced 98. Yeah. Um, and he calls Goldberg's win 
his, his, his held his gold in the old WCW in the yes. old WCW like it's forty years old, which has only been two years dead. Some say he's overdue. Jr. said he describes Goldberg as intense, and um, he says describing Goldberg as intense is like describing the universe as fairly large. That was a good line. Goldberg trashes on the chain link, thrashes on it, rather, before entering his pod. Jericho comes out with yep. that Tron-inspired entrance, yes. as does Shawn Michaels. Triple H, I just want to say, Triple H looks so fucking dumb again. <laughs> you know, his Give fat, him a break because of the, the I injury. can't. I can't. His, oh because God. his face, like, I don't know what he's trying to go for. Without the beard, his face is so bloated and fat. He thinks he looks awesome. He looks awesome. Awful. <laughs> now he's all Dreadful. now he's all cut and lean because that's like the new workout thing, right? Ugh. It's like that's why this is one of the things I don't like about him. He's like he's always got to be. It doesn't seem like he does things to be him. He does things based on what everyone else is doing. <laughs> yes, yes, and that's the key right here. He's trying to be Ric Flair, and none of these things have know? anything to do with wrestling. They're all like right. so cosmetic as to be distracting from wrestling. Right. He's got to be a class. So because he's going to be a classy guy now, he can't have a beard. Okay. Oh God. Says who? Anyway. All right. So it's the Elimination Chamber to headline SummerSlam 2003 for the World Heavyweight title. Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Triple H, Kevin Nash, Bill Goldberg, and Randy Orton. It starts with Shawn Michaels and Jericho. Yeah. Shawn Rematch Michael. of. Uh... Yep. Mains nine, mains nineteen rather. Sean's right. still rail thin at this point in time. Uh, unlike the last elimination chamber, Sean Michaels is wearing good tights. Yes. Springboard middle rope crossbody from Jericho rolls through for two. Actually, backslide. I think those tights were from King of the Ring '97. To be honest with you, were they? <laughs> if only I've seen them King before. of the Ring '97 hair. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, and physique. Jericho, <laughs> Jericho, with the headlock takeover, head scissor. Goldberg chants persist, but they're not ready. They weren't ready for him tonight. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to be champ. He I, wrote, I wrote this. The crowd chants Goldberg, but both Kevin Nash and Triple H convince everyone else that the Goldberg chants are ironic and that the fans are actually <laughs> chanting for Nash and Triple H. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you ever heard of a backhanded compliment? It's like that. Look, they're, it's not really chanting for Goldberg. They're chanting it's ironic. You know, they're they're making fun of him. What they're really chanting is for is for game and myself. <laughs> you know, they really want to see that match up again and uh, you know, and see me win the belt. He just shamelessly makes the case. There's no evidence of this. He just makes the case like it's you know, the most obvious thing you could say. Yep. Yep. Sunset flip by Shawn Michaels, Jericho hooks up the legs, one two, uh, Davy Bret Hart style. He gets pulled down one-two, back up. Jericho slaps him, and HBK answers in kind, and then a backdrop. JR says, the title has only changed hands in the state of Arizona once, in 1999, the famous halftime heat match between The Rock and Mick Foley was in Arizona. There we go. Jericho applies the walls, but he gets an inside cradle for two. Michaels does. Uh, Back up. Um, Bulldog by Jericho. Lion salt, but he lands on his feet when Sean looks to dodge. Clotheslines him. Orton's pod opens next. He enters yep. the fray, runs to the top rope, and hits a big crossbody on Shawn Michaels. Fucking cleans house. He does. Dropkick on HBK. Clothesline over the, to- over the top onto that unforgiving steel grating. Jericho catches up to him with chops, but Orton hits back with a sleeper-style backbreaker for two. That sleeper-backbreaker combination he used to do. Yeah. Jericho doesn't do it anymore? No, he doesn't. He hasn't done it in a long time, actually. Really? Yep. I bet it tears his shoulder or something. Or tore oh, his shoulder. 
Remember when you used to punch into the mat for the RKO? Yeah. Instead of like slam the the blade of his forearm into the mat, he'd punch down yeah. with his fist. Right, I remember that. Tore his shoulder doing that. What an idiot! <laughs> who tears their shoulder doing that? Somebody who does um, <sighs> some an enhanced Drugs. gentleman. Drugs. He tore. He fucking tore his shoulder taking out the garbage at his house. That happened. They didn't want it out, but it came out. He oh tore his shoulder or his <laughs> arm or something. Like, dude, you... <laughs> get off it, man. <laughs> Be a natural human for once. Nope. Then Vince is going to say you're next like a stack of dimes on national television, which is exactly what he did when he came back from his first injury because Vince does not encourage his talent to go on steroids. No. I do not. Icopro is a whole different thing. Legal steroids. Titanroids. Icopro. Isn't that, isn't that the thing you put on your... the camera you put on your head? <laughs> All right. Jericho with an insecurity on Shawn Michaels for two. Orton hits him with a dropkick. Lawler says good strategy would be to team up on Orton so he wouldn't have Triple H's, would be able to back up Triple H later, but JR doubts that Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho can work together for very long. Sure. Orton true. takes a great backdrop off a countered RKO onto the grating. The, uh, uh, you mean the CFK? <laughs> yes. I've realized it's been a long time since we've had an Orton in a match on the laps fan because CFK. I was like, CFK. I haven't done the Charles Foster Kane reference in quite a while. <laughs> RKO Pictures. Citizen Kane, Charles Foster Kane, CFK. As JR says, flesh on steel, Ridiculous. usually in my experience, steel wins. <laughs> I love I love those. Usually. Yeah. Usually. So there are times when flesh wins. Mm. No padding. No gear. It's just steel. And flesh on steel, usually in my experience... Steel wins. If I said to you, a wrestling announcer once said, flesh on steel, usually in my experience, steel wins. <laughs> you would need exactly one guess to guess what wrestling announcer talks like that. <laughs> Jericho slams Orton on the grate. I'd also be wondering who steel is. <laughs> Master Blaster Steel? Is that who? In my experience, George the Animal Steel wins. Uh, Jericho slams Orton on the grate, and then he catches Shawn Michaels' dropkick and turns it into a walls. JR shouts out that Colin Taz uh, shouts out Colin Taz for a great call on the Angle Angle Lesnar match. Interesting there. Wow. Next pot opens and it's Kevin Nash. Here we go. Nash fucks up like right away. He grabs Orton. <laughs> Orton drops to his knees instead of going into the wall. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Is that Nash's fault or is that Orton's I don't know. Fault? This is a miscommunication. Nash wanted to lawn dart him and Orton just drops down. Dude, no. So Nash uh, Fuck. Clotheslines Jericho over the ropes under the grate, and then Lon darts yeah. Jericho into the wall. Yeah. Jericho says, Nash is not a... Catch is catch-can professional. Perfectionist. Oh, perfectionist? Oh, I, I think thought he's so. a professional. I like the mind better. <laughs> catch-can catch professional is pretty good. He's, he's That's like what a wrestler can... would write in their tax form in 1898. <laughs> but I am a catch-as-catch-can professional. The town census. Um... <laughs> Again, <laughs> Jr. again uh, says that Nash is a street fighter, and he calls him a seven-foot street fighter. Nash is not a catch-as-catch-can perfectionist. He's a street fighter. He's a seven-foot street fighter with a mean streak. Mm, not working. Because um, he's that... from Detroit. He's, he's, yeah, okay. That early, he's from Detroit. Yeah, okay. Man All of right. the streets. Mm -hmm. Look, I got street smarts. I'm from fucking Detroit. Live on my wits. 
okay, Nash is grinding Jericho's forehead into the cage, throws him back in the ring, sidewalk slam on Orton for two. Jericho busted open now. We've got yeah. color at SummerSlam. That's right. Nash with a short arm clothesline on Shawn Michaels, his old buddy, for two. Nash lines up a jackknife on Jericho, but Shawn Michaels nails him with sweet chin music. Yes. Jericho with a sloppy jackknife cradle through that move for the one, two, three. Kevin Nash eliminated from the elimination chamber. Goldberg chants, by the way, during all of this because he's not yeah. over and not ready. Nope. Next pot open. <laughs> That's good. The way he said no. <laughs> like, not even a question. No irony. Next pot opens. It's Triple H. Uh, he steps right out, and he, the way they're no, gonna... he doesn't even step out. He po- he's in the he's the door opens, and he poses like a complete goof, like oh, arms up, like just like sitting there, like he's the champ. And then fucking Michaels just super kicks him back into the fucking chamber. Yes. it's hilarious. Yep, that's how we're gonna get Triple H. Uh, you know, to limit his physical activity with the injury. Right. So he eats that, collapses back into the pod. Ric Flair absolutely beside himself at cage side uh, at how that played off, losing his Flair. mind. Yeah, Flair, Flair exactly. <laughs> Very much so. Meanwhile, Nash gets back up and jackknives Jericho like this is a fucking Nitro in 1999. And but you know what? The the the, the power bombs look good. They sell them well. Yep. I, <laughs> he fucking yeah, he, or, he, he jackknives fucking Orton too. Yeah. Yep. Orton. He fucking poses and the crowd erupts. Oh yeah. I mean, if he comes off real cool. That's what he used they to don't do. Know to the, any better? I remember he did that to Lance Storm one time on Nitro. Uh, Lance was starting no, to catch steam. Know. He came out and power bombed him for no reason. After the match, and did a promo, just to prove that like this guy is not quite at this level. Thank you very much. And uh, Jericho goes for the fucking ride because if he's going to take the one, two, three, you know yeah. there's going to be some comeuppance on the other side. You know who's going to yep. stand tall. Yeah, it's like the banana peel slip. It's just like what he did to Mysterio, put him over on Nitro yes. in 1999 by slipping on a banana peel, and then fucking power I mean, look, him to it, hell. It just look, Vince, just doesn't make sense for me to. You know, lose that easy and not not the Jericho. Gain some kind of heat back. I mean, look, small. No one's gonna look. I'll, I'll, you're booking it that I lose by two people. I get super kicked by Sean. I get pinned by somebody else. It's two people who needed to beat me. You know, I I wouldn't if if this were real life, I wouldn't stand for that. And I'd get some heat back. I think it's only fair that I get a little bit of heat back in the uh, in the chamber. You know, in the I'm uh, you know driving all the way to Talking Stick. You know, should fucking you know me and me and Sean and and Trips are gonna drive out to Talking Stick and you know get there a little. <laughs> I can't even. Oh my God, I'm furious. <laughs> Goldberg's chomping at the bit in his pod. Yes. HBK's busted open for some reason. I don't even know what happened there. He rolls <laughs> over. Jack knights. No. He rolls what over to Orton though? and gets the two. Orton gets his foot on the yeah. rope. HBK crawls to Jericho and also kicks out. All three get up, slugging each other. Three-way punch fest. Orton drops Jericho. HBK drops Orton. JR says, uh, this looks like Muskogee on a payday Saturday Jesus night. Jesus Christ. Who gets paid on a Saturday? <laughs> First of all, the banks aren't even open. Oklahoma, they... apparently. Yeah. Uh, so the pod is Goldberg, and he the fires out. And here we goes, fucking go. 
the crowd goes banana. Boss, they do. And all this does is prove that Goldberg isn't ready as he completely oh, captivates this audience. Literally comes in like a fucking runaway train. Yes, he does. Smashing everybody. HBK goes flying on a right-hand bump, unleashing uh, on everybody within his within his heartbeat. And no, unleashing on everything with a heartbeat, as JR mm-hmm. puts it, which I think mm-hmm. is great. Orton uh, gets gorilla pressed and then dropped into a it huge front spine buster. buster. Fuck it's it. that reverse power slam. It's a reverse of that power slam thing he used to do. It's fucking nuts. Smashes him off the gorilla press. <clears throat> Double flying clothesline on HBK and Y2J. He's primed and he spears mm-hmm. Randy Orton out of his boots for the one, two, three. Orton's out. out packing. He's out. Jericho comes off the top of the missile dropkick on Goldberg, only gets a one count. Goldberg snatches him, Gorilla Press, sends him flying into the cage wall. That's fucking crazy. And then Jericho ricochets into the middle turnbuckle on the outside and dies. JR references <laughs> two miles of chain with some epidermis on it after that one. Some skin, that is. Yes. HBK and Goldberg whip reversal. HBK goes inside out in the corner. Goldberg goes out to the grating. He's primed. And he fucking spears Jericho through a pod wall. Yes, he does. And he had to push through. This is how you make somebody. Right. He spears him. It doesn't happen. So he fucking pounds on him a little more. (laughs) And he goes through. This is how you make somebody a fucking megastar. This is particularly how you make Goldberg a megastar. And you know it because it had been done. But you didn't want to do it. And by the time you fucking did it, it was too late. Yep. So he pushes through the, the the glass. Jericho's done. People losing their fucking minds. Yes. At this point, um, and it makes much more of a crunching noise, the plexiglass, because he had to push yes. through like that. It sounds awful. Oh, it's gruesome. And while they're replaying it, uh, that that spear, they totally missed it in the ring. Shawn Michaels nails Goldberg yeah. with a flying forearm on his way back yeah. in. HBK goes to the top rope and scores with his flying elbow. It's the first of two things that they do during the replay where they miss something actually. Yes, it is. So. Elbow scores from the top for Sean. Tunes up the band. <sighs> Goldberg ducks the super kick and spears yep. Sean to hell. Yep. Fucking awesome. That's what you do when you duck a super kick. You pounce. Yep. 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 Grabs like Michaels. Fucking rabbit animal. Grabs Michaels. Points to Triple H menacingly. Lifts and dumps HBK with a jackhammer for the one, two, three. Sean Michaels history. Jericho back end slow to get to his feet and he gets run the fuck over as soon as he enters the awesome. fray. Jackhammer, one, two, three, Jericho sent packing. I would I would like to mention at this time that of all the people in the Elimination Chamber prior to Triple H, who was the one man who didn't get pinned by Goldberg, nor did he get touched by Goldberg. Amen, brother. Hey, he gave him his win back at, what was it, Bash of the Beach 2000? Look, I'm just saying, if you're going to give, if you're going to give Bill the belt... At some point. You might You're going to have him rule the game in September. Yeah. What you got to do is you want to keep me strong because people are wanting to see that rematch. You know, I don't think that Bill and I should even have contact. Right. You know, I could be that guy. I come out later, you know, after the September show. I come out and say, hey, you know, you didn't beat me in Elimination Chamber at SummerSlam. And we're talking, you know, get a main event program for the next three months. Just saying. If you want to make money, it's the way to go. All right. All right, Kev, that's a good idea. So you don't you don't go with Goldberg? No, fuck no, Vince. I mean, what's the point of wasting that? People have been wanting to see that rematch since 98. Yeah. 
but it's been but we you did do the rematch in WCW like yeah. two or three times. Yeah, didn't, didn't didn't you do it in in W? Yeah, but it's fucking WCW. No one remembers that shit past '98. <laughs> Wonder why. Wonder what changed around that point in time. <laughs> All right. Weren't, wait, wait, uh, but Kev, weren't weren't you booking WCW after '98? Look, without me. The place wouldn't have lasted as long as it did. It <laughs> wasn't an answer to the question. Not an answer. You're answering a question you weren't asked, Kev. Well, that that makes sense. I suppose it would have gone down a little earlier. Yeah. The thing lasted another two, two and a half years with me at the helm. Fuck it. <laughs> All right, Jericho's yeah. gone. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, he agrees. So now it's just Triple H and Goldberg. Triple H is standing there stone-faced in his pod. He looks completely dumbfounded. Yep. Just know what to it's do. It's pretty funny. It is pretty it's good. probably his best acting job. Yep. Flair trying to, Flair's funny. Flair. He's, he's found a way to try to keep the pod door shut from the outside Flair of the cage. Is He shuts the chamber door because, first of all, because he's awesome, number one. <laughs> Then he can then then he fucking he puts his feet up on the the the, the door because I guess it, it slides open mm-hmm. towards that and and he he puts his feet on the door and then his back on the barrier yes to prevent anyone from opening it he's just fucking awesome he's leaning back as hard as you can he's yeah. leaning back as far as you'd pull a slingshot back yeah and and then he flips off Goldberg <laughs> yeah flips him and tri- off and Triple H does it. <laughs> And Goldberg flips in the double bird, mm-hmm. kicks through the damn glass of Triple H's pod. He doesn't need oh to open the motherfucker. Punches it through. So great. Goldberg stepping on it. There's shards everywhere. You ought oh. to be careful. Going to have another uh, WCW limousine say. incident. That's what it sounds like. That's what it look, begins to look like. And uh, he gets in and starts laying in a Triple H with right hands. He's even cut on his thigh a little bit from the shards. Game is busted open. Thrown in hard on the grate. So Triple H is going to do what he can here. Rakes his forehead on the, on the, on the uh, cage wall. A right yep. hand, right into the ridges of his fucking forehead, the chain goes, because he's got those Cro-Magnum ridges on his head. Goldberg lifts. Triple H lands on his feet, though. Struggles to put Goldberg into the wall. Huge yep. round of boos at the idea that Triple H is getting offense in at this point. Game. I know, right? You know what I mean? They're going, like, like, it should have been simple. It should have been this fucking simple. He goes in. He, he beats him like, like everybody else. It's so but simple. It's like, no, no, no. Triple H has got to get some, some shots in. You know what I mean? Why? Why exactly? Well, uh, I'm the champ. Game. Uh, let's see. Um, he pulls. He's trying to Irish whip Goldberg. Goldberg turns it around into a short arm clothesline, and Triple H bumps the great hard on the outside. Triple yeah. H coming up um, with every bump you can't, you can take on a torn groin. He just does yeah. about every yes. one you can. Short menu. Back in the ring, Goldberg is primed, but Triple H has the sledgehammer. Ric Flair had slipped it into the square the hole replay. of the cage link. Again, during the replay, so you didn't really see it. Right, no, at first you didn't. He just had the, the, the hammer. Goldberg comes flying for the spear. Everybody wants to see him close this deal. Epic, but no. Triple H is going to sidestep a charging Goldberg and smash him in the head with the sledgehammer. Goldberg takes a header into the canvas. Cover one, two, three. I hate this more than I would have thought. Triple H defeats Goldberg, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, and Kevin Nash. 
to retain the World Heavyweight Championship in 19 minutes and 12 seconds in the Elimination Chamber at the 2003 SummerSlam. They did... This is the thing. They never did what you got to do with Goldberg since he came in April. They never did it. And then when they did do it, it's punctuated by Triple H getting another win, even though everybody knows he's hurt, he can't defend the championship for much longer. But because he's a stubborn little bitch. This was bad. Yes. This one, I wouldn't be surprised if this one ran off some fans. You know, like, yeah. really, like, okay, yeah. okay, so you're going to tell me that even even if you bring in, even if you do the the awesome thing you can do with Goldberg, still, when push comes to shove, the game goes over. I've said it a million times on The Lapsed Man. And this one was one where it's like, shit, there's no, there's no future beyond Triple H. Because even if somebody else gets the belt, it's... It's still going to be Triple H. I know. And that's what it was like for so long. For so long. For so long. Like, even <clears throat> even beyond this, even in the Cena era, it was only a matter of time. Yep. You know, it was up only until a matter of time. It Triple really H, was. You know, up until Triple H, I don't know when, I don't, can't remember. I mean, well, his last run, before before he won the Rumble in, and, uh, in last year, I can't remember when his last run was, but. You know, mm. it did, the th- the thing about it is it just never seems that long ago. It always feels like he's going to get it back now. Yep. You know, it's so. <sighs> <sighs> so, um, so yeah, Flair gets in, puts the belt on Triple H's shoulder. Orton comes in. Yeah. They drag up Goldberg. Lawler says this match may be over, but then that might not be all that's going to be over for Goldberg. Yeah. Goldberg is running shots. With... They're not going over, that's for sure. Oh, They're running and hitting him with a hammer on the ropes. He's bumping. Jair says, yep. Triple H doesn't want to face Goldberg again as long as he lives. That's why there's horseman-style beatdown going on in the cage. Now, this is Triple H trying to be a horseman, by the way. Right, the right. Cage I mean, it's, beating up again, he's trying to be something instead of just... He already is something, but it's right. not enough. Uh, JR calls it akin to felonious assault. Goldberg handcuffed on wrestling TV for the first time since 1999. <laughs> and the sex accusations by Liz. Yeah. Uh, Goldberg busted open. And um, it's weird. The fans, for some reason, are like right up to the chamber wall. The, the chamber yeah. wall goes so close to the fans, they could stick their hands through the hole and touch Goldberg up on the fence. Yeah, weird. It's very weird. I mean, I guess it kind of needs to be that way, but still very odd the way. Very odd. That it's set up. So it's only one side that's that close to the fans, and it's where they um, cuff up Goldberg. So he's there. He's yep. handcuffed. Triple H is jamming the sledgehammer into Goldberg when he's prone. And um, he screams at him with the belt, you will never see this. Do you understand that, Goldberg? Never. All three hands get raised. Yep. Uh, the replay shows Flair slipping the sledgehammer into the cage wall. He actually slides it beautifully across the ring. To Triple yeah. H. It could have been more perfect. JR says, uh, Goldberg has been um, gutted and quartered, and there will be some serious hell to pay. Triple H still the champion. Yep. yep. That and we is get that correct. WWE Entertainment logo. Awful. After they went off the air, they did the Vince McMahon birthday party. Did you know this? No. To, to bring home that it's the All About Vince era. <clears throat> um, they did an impromptu bash. Vince had turned 58 that day. Austin comes out. Uh, does his beer drinking, calls out Vince. Vince comes out with Big Show, um, acting kind of skeptical about the um, 
what the hell's going to happen here? Um, yeah. He says it to the people. Austin does that. It. It's Vince's birthday. Calls the locker room to the ring. Basically, everybody comes in, and some of the agents um, a full compliment. Uh, he tries to get Vince to sing a song. Vince says, "Only if Undertaker does it, take a Rooney." This is that. This is that. Taker doesn't do it. Doesn't want to do it. He's in there. This uh, is that bit. Yep. Oh. Booker's music plays. Show does a horrible spin of Rooney. Yeah. Um. Bubba, uh, Taker tried to take off. Bubba tried to chase him down. Um, Austin, um, trying to get somebody to sing. He asked Vince to sing My Way. Vince said he doesn't know the words. So Austin suggests Mary had a little lamb. Vince agrees. Only if it's a duet, though. Austin agrees, but only if Triple H joined in. Patterson ended up singing My Way. <laughs> Karaoke King. Yeah. And uh, Vince, uh, according to the wrestling, wrestling Torch, says this, I just want to say one more thing. I'm going to outlive all you people. Wow. To the audience. Wow. Beer, uh, they shares a beer with him at the end. Uh, Goldberg was not among those joining in the celebration, to say <laughs> the least. Well, that's to sell the injury. And Triple H is in the ring with a towel around his neck, directing traffic. You know, now he's the baby. It's it's disgusting. Right. You can find a right. video of it. He, they're right. all he's all out. I, 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 someone sent it to us. I think someone sent it to us on our Twitter a while back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's from this show, but yeah, like it, it's disgusting. Like I mean, when you think about him as being the heel and he's taking the character off and just like right, right, know, trying but, to like make this moment like he's a. But if Goldberg leader. had done that, you would have called him unprofessional. <laughs> you know, the only people who are allowed to do that are people who are above you. Yeah. On the totem pole, and and Booker T because you're making him dance. Not a very flattering time for Vince McMahon, Triple H, and company, is it? No, no, not, not at all. A, not a show you look back on and see very positive signs for the future. Let's put it that no. way. No, I remember being very like frustrated. But the 2003 WWE SummerSlam is now in the books as part of the Lapsed Fan yep. Patreon listener request series. We will dip back into the hopper soon enough. Um, boss, are you prepared to do that, or should we? Not this time. Okay. Next week it's next week we're going to come back with uh, with chairman's choice. With chairman's choice, you got that right. And uh, back into the hopper after that as we continue rumbling through the summer of 2017 on TLF. We'll see you next time. First of all, I want to thank everybody in Phoenix for coming out tonight. It was a hell of a summer slam. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Excuse me. Stone Cold Steve also got to participate a little bit, but there's something I got to get off my chest. I said there's something I got to get off my chest. Something I want to say. Spit it out. I'm talking to you. 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 Hold on, I'm talking to one other son of a bitch. I want Vince McMahon to bring his ass out here to this ring. Vince, I know you're back here. Someone give me a damn beer because if I'm going to wait on him, I'm going to drink a damn beer. I got all night long and I got a case of beer. So Vince, I'd appreciate if you'd walk your carcass to this very ring.
got a bad back. You got a bad back. Your back's killing you. How about your knees? How about your little haircut? With your little shirt? Little blue slacks? Little black loafers? What color socks you got on? You got your little blue socks on. Those are real cute. Damn, look what we got here. Got a bunch of WWE superstars heading to the damn ring. Come on down, everybody. Come on down to the damn ring. Hey, you might as well bow down a little bit. I don't know. I'm not impressed by your physique. You probably think you're pretty tough, don't you? You think you're pretty tough? What about else to come on out here to this damn ring? Bubba Ray Dudley, don't do it. How much beer I got down there, son? I got a bunch of beer. Give me one more. Where the hell you going? Did you forget about me back here? You trying to ignore me? You're trying to piss me off. And you're gonna take my beer from me. Who are you looking at? You ain't got to take my beer from me because I'm going to give you a beer. Somebody backstage, and let me go ahead and say, just, uh, I like you, Vince. Not very much, but I like you. And appreciation all the hard work you put in here at WWE. Sometimes you're a little bit of a smart ass, but I appreciate what the hell you do. Somebody told me it was your birthday today. And we got us a birthday boy in the house. Give me another one of them beers up here, Mark. How old are you, son? What? I said, how old are you, son? What? No, I'm, I'm just kidding with you. That's all honor and respect. How old are you? Well, you, you, you're not going to say 30. I can read your lips, and I don't want you to say 30. That kind of be insulting a lot of people's intelligence. How old the fell are you? I'm uh, 50. All right. Now, I've been here over 13, 14 years, and you said you were 50 back then. I'll give you one more chance, see if you can get it right. I know you ain't 50 years old. Now, how old a fella are you? Uh, 53. If they got some bitch in line, give me a hell yeah. You got about 18,000 people calling you a liar, Vince. Now, how old a fella are you? I'm 58 years old.
Well, the reason we got you out here, Vince, to show a little token of our appreciation for everything you've done, not just from me, from all these guys, because like I said, sometimes I wonder about you, but we got you out here in the middle of the ring because I'm hoping all these WWE superstars are going to join in because I can't sing worth a damn. And I'm inviting everybody out here in Phoenix, Arizona to join in and sing happy birthday to good old Vince McMahon. Uh, uh, let me warm up a little bit. Uh, I'm ready. You ready for this? Here we go. Help out if you know the words. Happy birthday to Its content is intended for private use only. It's been well documented, the training regimen of, of Brock Lesnar. The miles he runs every day with big old logs on his shoulders. Brock Lesnar climbing stairs. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.